Yeah, dude. Like 56 years old. That's what I just said. I want Jake Paul call out Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'm not calling out Mike Tyson. I mean, the amount of money that would come out of that. What do you I think about? he's just, he's very smart guy, right? The Paul, the Paul brothers are very smart, but like he's, they're definitely not calling out fucking power hitters. One of them, I believe, is like a little more legit of a fighter than the other one. Well, which one would you say is a little? Skill set. I, I don't watch either of them. I just hear the names and know that. It's are you saying Logan, the older one, is probably a better fighter? I don't know which one. I'm not that smart. I'm not definitely not that smart. Nor savvy on the fight. He's definitely more reserved. I mean, I appreciate what he's doing for this, like the sport and how he's marketing. Is a genius, man. He's bringing more so much money and a new audience into boxing. And but I'm like watching Mike Tyson spar at fifty. What did you say, Mark? Fifty six. Six. Fifty six years old. You're like, I'm not. I don't care what age he's at in that. Just watching that is. No, not happening. Oh, no, bro. That's why I carry guns. Jesus, dude. Amazing. You should see there was one, uh, there was a picture it had him at like 25, 35, and 56. <laughs> doesn't look any different. I mean, like. Other than just massive. Better purposes, he just, doesn't look any Just different. massive amount of CTE in his brain. <laughs> Other yeah, than that. <laughs> I'm talking about the outside shell. Yeah. Well, he got he got all fucked up for a little while, and then and then uh, you know down regulate his life a little bit. Yeah, living in the fast track for so long. Get off, get off the cocaine, and um, you know from that, geez. Well, anyways, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Harbor Site. Oh nope, sorry, the Always Forward podcast. I went on on an autopilot there for a second. Um, that's episode forty one with uh, my man Josh Hansberger, and you haven't been on officially, no. No, I mean, I guess officially, officially. You've been on a bunch. When was the last time that we did a podcast? Texas. You're going to have to. Good book. That wasn't really a podcast. It was like an audio book. So if you guys if you guys buy Excommunicate Warrior, Josh is in two, two chapters. Um, staying on top of the mountain and then circling the drain. I think so. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you nailed it, bud. <laughs> Damn. Anyways. Yeah, I think it was the last time we kind of officially sat down and talked. Yeah. We had a really long one. One of those videos that we did talking about prepping for the military is like, I think, in the millions of views. For real? Yeah. I need to track it. Yeah. So, uh, let's get everybody caught up. Josh Hansberger, you guys, is a... Um, I don't know how... I don't understand how you do this. Former Marine Raider... I don't know. At one point in time in At life? At one point in time in life, right. So uh, Josh and I served together um, at MARSOC. We were on the same team. And now we continue to serve men of this country. I guess world, too, really. There's people yeah. all over the world working with the Agogi. And uh, and we'll get into that story. But real quick, I want, I want you guys to get to know Josh. So Josh uh, grew up in Buffalo, right? Yes. Talk real quick before we get into because I'm gonna have you talk about the the uh, the incident that ended your career. Sure. So you're gonna start. You know, hopefully, you don't sweat this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk talk to me about growing up and um, you know if you're cool that talked about like you know not growing up with a, you know a father in the house and granddad and baseball and everything. So give us the cliff notes, Josh. Oh boy, one way long time ago. Now in uh, Buffalo, outside the city, so kind of suburban 
suburban area. Yeah. Um, a lot of, it was old school, like kind of like a Northeast area, but not, you know, not in the city, real old school, real traditional, um, farm country, tons of farmland, like on the, on the outside of the town. Uh, ironically, as I learned history, cause I kind of like, like family history, lineage and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the year, but a lot of my family heritage had actually kind of started like that town. So small town, like my grandpa, yeah, the baseball field at the fire hall was named after him. You know, he was a volunteer. Right. The baseball, the baseball field is a Hansberger. Yeah. One is, one is his brothers. Okay. uh, Named after his brother. Um, uh, my uncle George, phenomenal ball player. Like all his kids are ball players. Um, and that's actually where I played all throughout my childhood. You know, yeah. it wasn't always named that, but it was the park that was like central to like the town park. It was yeah. like the biggest field. Um, and then my grandpa was at, for a period of time, his life, like almost 70 years, a volunteer firefighter at like the local volunteer firefighter. Right across the street. Yeah. Literally right across the street. <laughs> I mean, it's like old school, you know? And uh, he had the, the field was named after him just cause all his, you know, his efforts as he, when he was a kid or, you know, his, his working years, uh, and then afterwards, you know, coaching and scorekeeping and just kind of being the presence of the team. So it's there all the time. Yeah. And um, you play ball forever. I mean, as long as I can remember. I think I started five, five years old, like whenever yeah. you initially start. And it was the leagues, summer camp. Like I lived my life in baseball. Josh, one of those guys that if you hand him a bat and you swing a ball, you're just going to hear a crack and it's going over the fence. I definitely surprised myself. Like, not, Still? To toot, not to toot the horn, but I mean, like it, it surprised me. I, I watched you play. What was what were you playing out there in California for a while? Softball. But it, what what was the? Uh, I mean, I was playing team. with the organization Warrior Built. Yeah, Warrior Built. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we were we were playing with really talented people. Yeah. And we were like the like, crippled, half put together Bad News Bears. I forgot who. I was, yeah, I forgot who I was. Everyone. Yeah, I forgot I mean, who I was with, and I, I, somebody was out there, and I, you were stepping up and like, watch this. Sure enough, crack right over, and you were like, do, 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 do. I'm like, I don't like to run fast, so if I can hit yeah. harder and farther, and then yeah. I can limit my running capabilities, and I, I can just kind of jog around the base. Yeah, I think they played that too. They're like, all right, let's lower the bases. All right, Hansberger, get out here and do your thing. <laughs> Strategic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I grew up, you know, small town Buffalo, you know, outside of New York. Um, I lived with and grew up with my grandparents and my mom. So she was a, a single parent for my entire life, yeah. uh, essentially growing up. We literally lived in the same home, all three of us, or four of us, you know, three of them uh, kind of collectively raising me, I guess. You know, my yeah. mom worked her ass off in, in jobs. Still is. Yeah, yeah. St- still is. Yeah. Um, you know, so with... Shout out to you, Mama Hansberger. Thank you. <laughs> you got a great son. She knows how to put in the work. That's yeah. Damn sure. <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, so we, we lived with them up until I think I was about 12, you know, and then finally I think my mom was like, all right, this has been You good. lived in that little house until you were 12 years old? Yeah, man. I mean, my, my grandparents, when they were, you know, the parents of my mom and my aunts and uncles, I mean, there was six people living in that house. What? Yeah. So for us, it was almost a reduction, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was, it was awesome. It was basically, that was, I mean, that was my childhood home, you know, growing up and, yeah. and living there. Uh, we finally, you know, had moved out, went on our own, and lived in apartments, and yeah, yeah. But yeah, she was a single, single mom, you know, working her ass off and, and trying to teach me and instilling me everything, you know, to the best of her capability. And I think she did a good job. Ah, uh, she did. So, um, how was that mentality back then? Like, what was your thought process of not having dad in the house back then? Yeah. 
So it's something I've, I've, I've sat on, I guess. Yeah. Like not thinking about it, obviously, when you're a kid. And the reason why we guys were really yeah. bringing this up is because of what we do now and, and, and how focused we are on being a dad and being a good dad and being present and active and working hard and working hard on yourself and, you know, and putting that to your kids. So, Honestly, one of the things was I had, you know, two grandparents, but, you know, a, a grandpa. And then yeah. I also had other strong members, males that were father figures of sort, right? Like I had, a, I had an uncle that was extremely close to me. Um, my mom and him were like literally best friends and he was divorced. So yeah. my cousins that were, you know, his yeah. and me, we kind of, everyone jokingly was like, oh, it's your, it's your wife slash, you know, slash sister. And nothing weird about it, get, trust me. Uh, but it was just, they, you know, they were so, close. So because you had your grandfather, your uncle, and everybody, do you feel like you missed out on anything, or do they really step up to the plate as, like, role models? And both, like Both. Both? Both. And, and this is me looking back, right? Like, so they did step up to the plate. Yeah. Whether or not they consciously did it or not, I, I, I really don't know. Yeah. You know, whether it was an effort of, like, hey, this kid doesn't have a dad, like, you know, let's step in and try and be that extra little footer. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of good friends that had – dads as well that were fucking awesome yeah uh, thankfully you know and they would always kind of step in and i've told them now in my adult life yeah after i've been able to you know look back on it i've i've manned up and i've told them i say hey man like i don't know if you know this but it made a difference because you you know brought me into your home and treated me this way and i watched the way that you treated your kids and i didn't have like a like a legitimate you know father in my home it helped instill some of those principles that i had no clue what they were supposed to be so part yeah. of it, like, yeah, they did step up to the plate, but there's only so much you can do at some point if someone's not physically in that home all the time. So if you're listening and you're trying to, you, you kind of have to step up as much as humanly possible. Absolutely. You can never be the person physically in the home, uh, but any time that you can't interject anything, whether it, it be- You can make a difference. Yeah, whether it be yeah. a, a mental state of something, a perspective, a physical way to perform something or do something, like bring those kids into the fold. I mean, it could be- teaching your own kid how to ride a bike and you're watching this other kid down the road and you know that, you know, mom might not be the best at it. Or maybe yeah. she's putting on, you know, six pairs of helmets and, you know, <laughs> elbow pads and wrist pads and knee pads. And, you know, your kids are running around like banshees. It's, you know, maybe you bring them so into the fold That's a, a good point and, because there's a lot of, you know, there's, you know, we've had friends that have lost, you know, we've lost our friends and, you know, mothers are kind of, you know, there to have to raise their kids by themselves or, or the dad's just not in the picture and, and whatnot. And mom has to, kind of play both roles and that's not really the way it's designed right it's no you know, it's mom's not, mom needs to be mom it's not their fault they yeah. try their hardest but yeah i mean you know very well i mean yeah being kind of in the same shoes there's yeah. only so much you can bridge that gap until you kind of need to call in some reinforcements yeah my, you know my mom did you know I, I when i i was in it i was like oh this sucks you know but now looking back me and my brother talk about it all the time like dude she most time worked two jobs and did her best to, you know, do what you could. We're she breathing. Stepped up to the plate herself. Me and my brother were alive. <laughs> we made it this far. <laughs> I, I honestly, I wouldn't change a thing, man, because all those, all those struggles—the good, the bad, everything—kind of led me down the road of who I am today. So everybody's like, "What's your single regret?" I'm like, "Nothing." Are the things that I messed up? Yeah, but I can't regret them because I learned so much from them, and I, I you know, it it led me to who this person is today. Different forms of growth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I, I, I honestly never felt internally though. Yeah, there was points in times like we're all human and we're kids. And yeah, I remember you were kids. mad. You were mad at one point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, I might cover that. I might leave that out. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, 
but for the most part, I had a really good group of friends. Yeah. I had a really good group of like neighborhood kids to start when I was younger. And they kind of didn't ask. They didn't poke prod. They didn't make fun. They didn't, you know, there was no like shit talking. Um, you mean, wait a minute. You grew up back in the eighties and early nineties and you didn't get bullied. Josh Hansberger didn't get bullied. It was different types of shit talking, but on that specific thing, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have bullied you <laughs> on that specific thing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't ever targeted. And then for me personally, I never drove my mom or asked her about it. I never pressured her. Yeah, about I remember it that. Yeah. Because again, this is kind of looking back into it. Wasn't really conscious at that time. Maybe it was, but looking back in it, I didn't think she was doing anything wrong. I didn't feel like there was this massive lack, even though I knew it was a, definitely a void. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was... And I didn't want to put it on her. I was like, fuck, she's doing so much. She's working these jobs. She's... There was so much effort around you that it's... Yeah, she's raising me well. Yeah. You know, I'm not lacking in things that I, I couldn't think that I was lacking in. And I was like, shit, man, I'm not... There's no reason for me to ask her. Like, my life is not... I don't see it to be in a negative state. I'm not super lacking something. I don't want to put the pressure on her. Fuck it. I'm not going to ask. I think that's a lesson right to itself, right? Like if you say you are dealt with, you know, a shit, a shit sandwich and that's the, that's the, the, the hand you're dealt. You can make it work. Yeah. It just takes an enormous amount. You got to be present and make it and, and put an enormous amount of effort into it. And I don't know what it was like from her perspective. That'd be interesting. Certainly not easy. Probably frustrating. Probably oh, had many sure, of moments I'm of like, sure, holy dude. shit, what am I'm I doing? Sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> am I doing this right? Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, you're, we do that now. Yeah. And we're both married and have kids and I'm still like, fuck, jeez, man. Well, at least you have a spouse <laughs> so you can be like, Hey, yeah. Like I did this. What do you think? You know, like, uh, should I have, you know, done it this way or that way? Or you can kind of collectively work. And when you're a single parent, there's, there's no manual, bro. No. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Will Smith thing. He's like, you know, I was putting together, I was putting together a stereo and it had like a 500 page manual on how to put this surround system together at my house and then his his wife went in labor with her first kid and he like all of a sudden they ran out the door to go to the hospital a couple of days later they come back with the child no instructions no instructions he's Figure like you're an adult like, right you know how to that was things. such a funny little clip because he's like they let me come home with a human being with no instructions i got a stereo sitting there with a 500 page manual on how to operate <laughs> i got i got a person I'm supposed to keep alive. Yeah, I'm supposed to keep alive. There's no manual. There isn't a manual, man. There isn't a manual. Um, anyway, so you played ball. Baseball, football. Um, you actually could have gone to college for baseball. Yeah, for sure. I almost didn't play my senior year. Really? Yeah, was, I mean, it was a dumb decision I was about to make. Yeah. I, was there a girl involved? No. I, I don't fucking know. I really don't. I don't really. You're a kid. I think I was trying to justify like, holy shit, I'm going, I'm going in the Marine Corps because I already knew it was going to happen. Like, I, I oh, so up. you made the decision that you weren't going to go to school for for ball to go to the Marine Corps? No, I, I, I let's see, I signed papers in like an October of senior year when I was still seventeen. Okay, I signed with my mom. She had to yeah. sign me away, uh, which I'm sure wasn't easy for her at that point either. Um, I can only imagine. No, dude, but. <laughs> Baseball is not till the spring, and it goes from, you know, spring all the way into the summer. Yeah. And I think for some weird reason, I mean, I played football, you know, like senior year. For and the fall. In the fall. The fall. Yeah. And then as it was getting closer, I knew I was going to the Marine Corps, and I was like, shit, I don't know if I get hurt. If I throw my shoulder out, can I still go in the military? I'm not really sure. What positions did you play? Pitcher. 
Really? That was it. I mean, I oh, could shit. play first base, but as it, how it, it how you pitch, how you pitching with that arm now? Fine. Really? Dude, on plate screws, it don't fucking matter, man. Really? Oh, yeah. I can still throw. Yeah, we'll get into Josh's shoulder here in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I can still throw. Nice. But yeah, I one of my best friends found out. Like, I just didn't show up to like the first practice. I mean, and I, I had known my coach since I was five. Yeah. He like he was the summer league coach. Was he one of those things like like, like in the eighties? Like he shows up to your house like. Mr. Hansberger, where have you been? He's like the like the the aura legend of baseball in, in the entire surrounding area. I mean, mm-hmm. from any any division, any league, everyone knows this guy. Um, <coughs> it was kind of fucked up. Like I didn't say anything to him. <laughs> My one buddy knew that I was maybe thinking about it. I didn't really have a justifiable answer, and I just didn't show up the first day. And he came and found me. I was like, dude, what are you doing? The, the friend or the coach? The friend. Okay. I think the coach was like. Go fucking find him. And I was like, one of those, like, like, you, Z, go fucking get him. Yeah. And I remember, I don't remember the exact conversation, but it was something like, man, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to the military. Like, I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I don't have an answer. <clears throat> and it didn't last. Like, I, I played. Yeah. Good season. Yeah, we did well. Nice. We always did well. So, um, so you knew, you, what made your decision to go to the Marine Corps instead of going to school for baseball? You mean you would have got a full ride. Easily. I still would have had to do school. You, that was what it was. Yeah, man. <laughs> What'd your family say? I, my mom was kind of like, well, I'm not paying for you to go to school. And yeah, my, right. my grades maybe have not been the greatest. So I don't you, think you I was made, getting a, You made enough to play ball. Yeah. Maybe. Are I, they, are they, are nah. they, they greased it a little bit? <laughs> I, I, no, I was, I was good enough, man. I got, a, yeah. I got a diploma. Yeah. I, I got a diploma. Um, I was a little concerned if it was going to be in there or not, but it was in there. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to do school. And my my grandpa, I get like, that. My grandpa had served, you know, in in the army during like Korean War era days. Yeah, and you know he, it was just a line of, of service. I always felt compelled. You know, he was a volunteer firefighter. Like my town was huge into volunteer firefighters. Like no paid firefighters, so that's what you rely on. Yeah, and to me, that's a pretty and he did selfish. that for, and he did that for so long. Yeah, and yeah. I I knew everyone and anyone in that department. They all knew me. I mean, I lived across the street. Like, I lived there. And they brought me into the fold, you know, when I was young. And it was just that, that level of service. Like, nothing against paid firefighters. It's just a different job. But a volunteer firefighter in a community or a town like that, that literally you work every other job and you just, you fucking drop it because it's old school. The siren goes off and then everyone, go. everyone comes running Yeah, and you don't get paid. You don't get gas money. You don't get this. You don't get that. And there's legitimate things happening like car crashes and house fires and boat rescues. Yeah. It's an old, it's a, I mean, I was just up there. It's an old, it's an old area, man. Yeah. Those houses are old. They are, but it's good people. It's like, it's yeah. like good bones, you know, like good, just solid, solid humans. And, uh, I just always had a draw to serve. And it was going to be Army, you know, like follow his footsteps. No reason why other than I guess I'll just go in the Army. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I met this old man, probably about my, grand, my grandpa's age because he was in the Korean War. Yeah. Sat down and uh, did some talking and not talking much, but I knew a little bit of his history. Again, not much. And uh, he had a bunch of Purple Hearts, like more than two or three or four probably. I mean, he had been like shot in the shot in the shin, and he had shrapnel all up his body, his shoulder, his back, his calves. Dude was fucked up. Um, and he was. I had the story at one point, and it's kind of faded out of my brain, unfortunately. And he didn't do any convincing. 
he just talked. Yeah. And the way that he had talked, and he had this man, this picture above their fireplace, and I don't remember what it was, but at one point, he never told me, but at one point, I think it was his wife, had mentioned, say, hey, you realize he's, he's kind of talked to you more than he's talked to his own kids. And I was like, oh, I didn't know how to take it. You know, I'm 17. Yeah, of course, and of course. and uh, he just knew I was thinking about going to the military. And I had found out that it was a picture that he had cut out with his fucking K-bar from Korea and somehow stuffed it in a rucksack or whatever yeah, and yeah. brought it home. And it was now, you know, hanging above their mantle place. And, you know, he didn't have any crazy stories. He wasn't trying to convince me. It's just that instilled something in me where I was like, man, Maybe I'll go to the Marine Corps, like the hardest. Like, why, why not give that a whirl? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to run away from school. I might as well try something that's harder than I, than I can do. So yeah. I did. yeah. That was kind of same with me. I was like, I just want to do the hardest thing possible. Which at the time, at the entry level, is Marine Corps recruit training. Yeah. That's that's the hardest. Entry level, that's what it is. That's what it is, yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, back then, you, I didn't really know about anything else other than just that. Um. When did you decide to join? Was it post 9-11 that you decided or before? Yeah, this would have been yeah, terrible. 2000? It had to have been 2000. It was 2000, yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're one year behind me. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So where were you in September 11th? Boot camp. No shit. Yeah. And we've ta- I'm sure we've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> we're getting old. We're forgetting, our, we're forgetting our, each other's stories. Oh. That's good. That's why we do podcasts, record it. Um, that, that had to been wild. It's definitely weird. Yeah. I mean, I was at my first duty station. That's right. Cause you would have been. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see anything. I never saw anything on TV. Every, everyone you? else, every other platoon that was there saw everything on TV. Not us. Why? They were just like, no, you're trying. I don't know. I mean, you just follow suit, man. You don't ask questions. Yeah. Like, you of have course. No reasoning why, but come to find out, you know, you hear little squabbles of people and yeah. Little talk somewhere in the Scuttlebutt, if you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we saw this on TV. I'm like, TV? I didn't see no damn TV, you know? But it was... What did they tell you? They just brought us in the... Oh, Jesus. Quarter deck? Yeah, whatever the, the quad or whatever those things are in the middle of the, the barracks. Oh, the yeah, outside. Yeah. Yeah, Outside, yeah. and it was like the first time it we saw... The, it was the smoke pit. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that was, where the pit it was, was. Totally different demeanor, though. Yeah, I don't think that they have those anymore sand pits they must i don't know man i doubt it maybe they got toys in the sand pit yeah <laughs> it's real nice and easy so they make sand castles now <laughs> it's zen it's their it's the recruit zen time uh, i'm just kidding but guys drop a comment if there's still sand pits please hopefully there are i hope so yeah um so they talk to you in there and just what do they say they talked to us to me it was like foreign i'm like like a plane crash into the Twin Towers. I'm looking around, I'm like, what the fuck are the Twin Towers? I don't know. Nothing I ever learned about. Nothing I ever saw. You're from New York. I've I've never even been to the city, man. (laughs) That's awesome. I've never even been to New York City. So, I mean, for me, I just didn't have a perspective or a clue of like what Twin Towers were, like what this meant. They didn't have a death toll. They didn't didn't show us videos. Yeah. So it was just someone talking that, hey. Did they tell you it was a terrorist attack or they just said it was planes, planes flew into the towers? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. But it was like serious, you know, it was like brass on the collar that you never see, you know? Oh, so like, it wasn't just like, drill instructors coming out there yeah, and giving the, you the, the symbols you haven't learned yet, but you know, yeah. it's something important, you know? Like, I don't know what that is, but, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember in my little, my little book, like, oh, what was that rank? Like, am I going to get tested? You know? And, but he was up there talking to us and then they just separated us and went back to our stuff and just kept training. So far as your, 
nothing really changed. No. No. Like, I don't even think the way they treated us really changed. It was just, we just kept fucking moving. Moving forward. No, just kept moving. When did it really hit that it was like, oh, the, the entire Marine Corps is changing. The world's changing. I don't, I don't know if it did. Like, like to be honest, right? So I, I walked. I walked, see, like for me, I walked into it. it. Changed. There was well, a, there was a, because you were on the, you were on both sides. Yeah. Like you were out of a, a boot camp or a training structure. Yeah. You were at a duty station. It went from, you know, it went from essentially peacetime to very real, very fast. Yeah, for me, it was just always, I guess, like that. I mean, I guess you went to SOI and they were like they were already mentally planning. Yeah, by that point, it had been maybe three three months, you know, since then into SOI. So I I wouldn't have known if it did so change. So three months, I just we, walked into it. And, in three months, I'm pretty sure that you had already invaded Afghanistan. They walked in in October. I think so. Yeah. 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 So they were already there. Plus the plus uh, what I think it was fifth special forces. So, anyways, yeah, I didn't notice a change. Yeah, I didn't have a perspective to notice a change. I'm sure there had to be a, tra- a change in SOI immediately, just sure. level of intensity alone, for sure. But yeah. I walked in; it was just what on, it was. T day one, and it had already happened, you yeah. know. So I didn't know what I was walking into. We just did it. Yeah. So you did that, and then Mortarman went three eight. Mortarman, yeah. I actually, dude, I was just down in Florida. Yeah. And I just ran into a guy at a restaurant we walked into, and he kind of just said something to me and looked at me, and he was an old third guy. Really? Yeah. I how do you, how how you I, recognize you? I don't have a clue, man. I had, like, a T-shirt on. If I ran into anybody from 22 years ago, I wouldn't recognize anyone. He didn't know me, but he was just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> do I owe you money? <laughs> what's going on? He's like, are you in the military? Why are you asking me this shit? You know, but I, <laughs> thankfully he kind of did. You know, it ended yeah, up coming yeah. to find out like he knew he was over at third. You know, and a friend of mine had gotten killed, and yeah, it was like this weird interaction. Like, why would you ever even say this to me? How, where would this ever even come from? But then we were able to draw some sort of correlation, a timeline, and someone yeah. that we knew, and it was kind of thankful. I was like, all right, I guess sometimes you you don't reach out or just ask a question. You just never know. And for me, it, I didn't gain anything like out of it as yeah. far as nothing learned or whatever, but it was just kind of nice, you know, being able to meet someone that was literally like, you know, deployed with him at the time, you know, on that deployment, you know, not on that position, but knew of him. And I was like, all right, that's, that's kind of cool. The world works weird. Way. Yeah, man, it does for sure. Anyways. So you went there and then three, eight, three, eight for I don't know, three, four years, something like that. And then one of the Quantico, you went to Iraq before then though. Yeah. Okinawa and then Haiti and then oh, that's right. Yeah. You were in the same unit as Tyler Boone. I know he was my boot. Small world, dude. <laughs> he was my little man. If you guys don't remember Tyler's art is uh my one of my business partners as well is and is and is my jujitsu coach. Um, helps out with the agogi as well. He's in the fold. But it was what a small world, dude. I remember when you first told me, you're like, hey, do you remember a guy named Tyler or Boone? I'm like. Fuck yeah, I do. Like, I, I definitely remember him. How do you even know him? You know? Yeah. You're like, well, he's actually my black belt instructor. Yeah. <laughs> he's a freaking ninja now. He is getting his ACL repaired today. Oh, dude. I don't envy him right now at all. No, he's probably high as a kite, though. I hope so. He's already in recovery. Good. 
Yeah, he's in recovery. Keep so. clicking that button, buddy. Yeah, just keep clicking. Keep clicking we'll that see button. See you tomorrow, bud. Break a leg. I told him this morning. I said, "Hey, good good luck. Break a leg." And he's like, "You should probably be telling that to the surgeon." I said, "I said walk into walk into the uh, doctor's office or whatever the surgical office, hand the doctor a monster and be like, you're going to need this. <laughs> Get to work, buddy. Get to work. Um, yeah, man, shitty. Getting old. Getting old and staying hard is hard." I try not to get old. Yeah. Anyways. Best I can. So, and then you took selection. Yeah. You were the first ITC class? Second. Second ITC class. Second. And it was. That's a kick in the dick, isn't it? Yeah. We actually had a, I mean, I say a lot of guys. I mean, we had three guys from just the office that I was working in. That. In Quantico? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know that? Yeah. I won't name them, but I mean, like. Yeah. There was three of us that worked in the office together. Um, and I actually almost had a chance to get pulled. Thankfully, I didn't because things went the way that went the way they did, right? I actually yeah. had a chance to get pulled with third when they first had stood up third. I it remember. F, it was the FMTU. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. That. And you yeah. passed, right? No. You didn't I, pass? So out of all the greatness that, you know, Marsoc at the time, you know, was yeah. FMTU, like whatever that section they were calling themselves. I think it was F- FMT, FMTU yeah. before it was third. Out of all this big superpower that they were and had, supposedly, like I hadn't been on station for two years. And I was at the office. I was teaching um, small arms weapons instructor school. I mean, I was building all these courses, like foreign weapons, HRP, HRT. Um, like we were doing everything. I was building all the rifle courses for the new age, like shooting courses and everything. Yep. And our Which whole- benefited us at the team when he came to our team, benefited us very nice. Yeah. And we had a building of all of us. Yeah. And it was like the building they came in. It was our building and then the uh, sniper instructors that were right next to us. We were yeah. all co-located. And they were like, all right, we need some fucking people. I'm like for what? Like what's going on? You know? And then they tried taking the whole office, you know, they're like, oh, they can't do that. You can't take everybody. So then they, Tried picking a select, you know, bunch of us. And then big old Marine Corps came down and uh, was like, well, he hasn't been on station for two years, so you can't take him just yet. He can't transfer because he hasn't had his two years. I'm like, what the fuck, man? This is this cool guy organization that I'm has surprised, all this power. I'm surprised they, they allowed that to happen because they needed people so bad. I'm sure they did, I'm surprised they didn't just, like, pull the Trump card out and be like, no, nah, he's going to special operations. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. They took some guys, but they had been there, you know, longer. Yeah. Um, but again, it was for the benefit. You know, I ended up getting. Oh, hundred percent. I would, that would, you would have gotten. No, no, would have been a totally good, different path. Totally different path and not the path that you wanted to go. No. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I guess I'm, guess I'm stuck here. I, yeah. I guess the option's not going to come around. And then <laughs> I actually had. Did at this point, had you known, did you meet Hannah yet? Oh yeah. Oh, so you guys had already met. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cause that would have been an interesting thing if you would have went to FMTU and never met her. It would never happened. Yeah. No, we were, that would have sucked. <laughs> we, we were already together. Um, I don't even think she knew about that part because really I didn't even know what it involved. Yeah, right. It was like, hey, go do this next thing. and um, But I, I didn't get it. Like, they, they didn't select it. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess I'll just sit here, ride my time out, and we'll figure out what's going to happen next. And then I got orders back to, like, 1-6 or something like that. And, dude, let me tell you, man, being up in Quantico, like, I have no clue what it's like now, but. The leash that I was given, I didn't have a leash. I was I re- given. I remember all this. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, I shot more than I've ever shot, and probably people will ever even dream of shooting in their fucking life. I mean, it was ridiculous. The organizations, the 
This is why you can, this is people. why you can this is why you can hit a boar running full steam at two hundred at two hundred yards with a shotgun, right? Full thirty thirty lever. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. really just happened. Just literally just happened. That, was, that one was a deer. It was a deer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Still, still, that's a hell of a shot. I was impressed myself. To be honest. <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those ones where you're like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. In the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I owned up to it. Um, yeah, but I had orders, man, and I was like, dude, I don't want to deal with eighteen year old kids again. I just, I had advanced in my mind in what I was doing. Of course, I was dealing man. with Of course. I mean, I was doing with world leaders, figureheads, agencies, color groups. Like, I was traveling the U.S., yeah. going to other courses. I'm like, you want me to deal with 18-year-old kids again and get in trouble because they got, you know, a DUI out in town when oh, I was I sleeping in my house? Yeah. I was like, fuck no, man. I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I remember the kid, you know, at the little admin office, he's like, what? You have to do it. Like, what do you mean you can't do it? You're not doing it. I remember this. You just straight up denied. You said no. Yeah, I'm like, hey, bro, like, uh, I'm not doing it. And you were a sergeant at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking sergeant. <laughs> Big Sarge walks in there. Nah, bro, I'm not going. <laughs> you can't make it, me. And it wasn't even like a level of cockiness or like that I thought I was better than everybody. Yeah. I just, the thought of going back there, I was like, no. Like, anything visceral in me was like, I do not want to fucking do that. Yeah. I don't want to clean up after 18-year-old kids. I'm I was beginning to be a part of educated, yeah. capable, like intelligent and like hardworking so, people. Like so this yeah, and this is something that you bring up a lot. And especially, you know, we got started we cut our teeth in the training business really getting guys ready for the military because that's who was asking, right? Yeah. We got it was we just I remember we were overwhelmed with like messages of people wanting to prep for the military. You know, this was what, 17? 17, I believe. Yeah. And uh, one of the big things that you always hit, like more so than me, was telling these kids that it's their career. Like, yes, you're in the military, but that career is yours. You need to dictate your path. No one, otherwise, they're just going to take advantage of you and do whatever they want to do. And she's going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that was something that you always have and still to this date like beat you know bang the drum for these young guys like listen it is your career especially with like talking to the recruiters and this and that like well the recruiter said that i have to do this your life your career there's periods of time obviously right where it's about your platoon or your team yeah sure whatever it is right like that's working towards a collective objective for a mission or whatever it may be or even a training exercise like you Mm got to work collectively but Mm -hmm. individually uh, if you want to get promoted, if you want to make more money, if you want to go to better schools, if you want to advance your career into a different direction, uh, your team's not going to, you're not going to go as right. a team. Like you're not going right. to go as a platoon or a squad. It's going to be you either going or not. And the reason that you may be not going is because you failed to take care of yourself. Yep. And that's where I felt I was. I was, and, and I always look back on it and I look to see where all those guys went, all them excelled their career not all went you know went to marsoc but like in other elements right. of like regular marine corps dude those guys all went to like high places and very very good places it was it was, a, it was an elevator and i was so thankful to be in that spot um and be a part of like like brought to that awareness you know of of where things can go they can go up they will go up and but that's a choice you're making a you're making an intentional choice for the, that to happen for sure and it's yeah. work yeah. You know, like being at that like extra level of, of responsibility and because I was given all the ammo and I was traveling, like it didn't come easy. They just didn't, you know, let me do it forever. I mean, you had to put a lot of work into it. You had to be yeah. educated and smart and 
determined. Anyways, so I just didn't do want to do it. So I denied them. What happened? So I denied the first ones. Yeah. And they were like, okay, you have to sign this here and, and deny this. And I was like, all right, cool. They give you, so, what is it, like a page 11 entry that so you the denied? First one, first one uh-huh. I believe, was a page 11 entry. And then I had to go talk to the CEO and the Sergeant Major. And they're all just like, you know, you do what you're told, young man. You know, like, <laughs> I, and I almost didn't even know what to think about it. Because I was wondering, I'm like, well, shit, what's going to happen? Yeah. I just don't want to do that. I don't know. Am I getting kicked out? Like what's going on? I didn't have an idea of what the thing was going to be, but I just knew that I didn't want to do that. And at this time we're, we're in active, we're in active engagement in two different, in two different countries. This would have been, man, if my memory serves me correct, early 2007. I was going to say 06, but yeah, 06, 07. If my memory serves me correct, it's in that time frame. Yeah. So a short amount of time goes by. Yeah. They give me orders again. To where? Another, another victory. Another victory. Another victory. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, damn. I kind of got away with the first one. <laughs> Not knowing what was going to happen or where I was going. I'm like, yeah. skated that one. Uh, got another pair. And he's like, dude, I, you can't, like, you're going to get an RE3 Oscar code. Like, Which that? is basically like, you get, once you leave, once you hit your AS, you can't, you're done. Yeah. No, yeah. no more rank. No more telling yourself where you're going to go no more promotions like you're no out. more schools yeah yeah you're basically just riding the pine for the until, rest of your time until you hit your eas yeah, yeah. You're like you're never going to go anywhere you're never going to do anything yeah. you're never going to advance you're never going to this and i just was like cool all right sign me up because i just know i don't want to do that yeah and i'm not saying this is the right course of action for anybody else but at the time so i, I signed the papers and I wasn't sure what was going on. And then the office that I was working in was the senior gunner in the Marine Corps, like chief warrant officer five. Like, mm-hmm. dude's got the most pull anywhere. Yeah. And there was another guy that was there that was a chief warrant officer five that was like the senior range officer in the Marine Corps. Yeah. And they were our office and them, and then all the gunners, the high gunners, where they were collectively trying to figure something out of what to do with um, uh, reserve units. So reserve units don't have a gunner. So they don't have like that leading expert to walk around the battalion and, you know, continuously monitor, teach and educate and assess um, all the different companies that are in a, that are in a battalion. Like reserves don't have that. At the time, at least they didn't have that. Yeah. And it was apparently a huge deficiency because unfortunately a lot of those guys were getting smoked. Um, and some of it was coming down to just inefficiency and uneducation on the ability and capability to utilize weapon systems. Yeah. And so they kind of, they were conjuring up this plan and the plan came to action quick and they were like, okay, the senior range officer of the five, they were like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to use you as a test pilot, and I want you to find three guys out of out of this office because we, we were the senior weapons instructors in the whole Marine Corps. And they're like, I need you to find three guys, and I want you guys to go on a deployment with a reserve unit and figure it out, like build what it should look like. And for me, I'm like, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm itching for a deployment. Even though I was, you know, like with hands at the time, like we had no kids, and I just, was, I fucking was like, "Yep, let's go." Wow. So you went to Iraq with them? Yeah. Yeah. Like we had no plan of what we were doing other than like we we're going to monitor, assess, teach, and just. I don't remember. You went to Alambar Province. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haditha. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, Hakania, Habania all the kind of surrounding area out there. 
So we just went and like during the surge, right? They yeah, we found this Fuck, reserve man. unit, and uh, that was wild, wasn't it? They were like, yeah, Louisiana, Texas, I believe. Some of them were from. They were from all over the place. I don't even remember the unit. It was like two. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, kind of. I want to say it didn't matter, but it really didn't. I was just yeah. a, I was an entity that was going to be involved in like monitor training. So I went down to Lejeune, ran some test stuff with them, tried to figure out what the hell we were doing. We were trying to assess them on weapon systems and everything, and. Sorry guys, but it was a clusterfuck. Like it was, yeah. it was so bad in my eyes. That veil got unleashed, and I, I, I felt bad for him, man. I, I really, I, I saw mean, a different I, side. I mean, you can't be the level of proficiency of of a active duty victor unit as a reserve. I think this is one of the reasons why the Marine Corps tries. I mean, if you've ever gotten out of the Marine Corps, you know, man, they push hard to try to get active guys in the reserve. Yeah, do you get it? They're like Someone's they sell in, they invoke. sell that like crazy, bro. Crazy people to be able to invoke expertise and knowledge and yeah. you know time. So, anyways, we did that. Went into country and we were like basically vagabonds. We just hitched a ride with the next convoy that was going to the next cop or fob or whatever, and we would just cruise there for a period of time. And nomad war fighters, we would assess their position yeah. and all their ops and all their procedures, all their weapon systems. We'd go around. You know, looking at all our, our weapon systems on post, and then we try and take them out, build like a little you know field expedient range out there, and get these guys shooting. We had a ridiculous amount of assets that we could bring with us, so we yeah. would pull them from this one area, and we would just we'd be like the, like bringing in hundreds of like AT fours, like thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of rounds of all these different weapon systems, and we would just go shoot with these guys. And then if they want patrol, we we either went or we didn't. It was up to us because we yeah. we didn't exist in their organization, but we could essentially do whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. So we just cruised for like, I don't know, seven, eight months. Did the three of you guys stay together the whole time? Or did you guys go to different locations? No, we, we stayed together the whole time. Yeah. If 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 the one one officer broke off, he would take one of us. Yeah. But for the most part, we always so always you had together. you had internal backup in case. At least I knew sideways. that I had yeah. yeah you know minimum of one, usually two <laughs> men that. You know, no offense to these other guys, but I just didn't know them. I didn't train with yeah, them. I didn't course. know them, and we had our backs. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I got the RE3 Oscar code uh, erased from my jacket book. On that deployment? Mm, I was think it was before or after. I can't remember. But it was. I knew it was when I was trying to put in papers for. That was the, was that the penance that you had to do? You're like, okay, I'm going to go do this deployment with these guys. No, that was totally volunteer. It was? Yeah. Okay. I didn't have to. I could have just sat there and got out at my ES, and they would have kicked me out. And I would have just been done. Oh, uh, what a miserable end. It would have been terrible. I guess it's always a miserable end. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't there's matter. No, there's no happy ending. Okay? There's no happy ending. We've talked about that in the past. There is no happy ending. No, there's no, there's no happy ending, finish line. There's no parade. You just, it just, you just fizzle out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you, you did that deployment, came back? Yeah, came back, worked at... Um, what is it, uh, TBS, no, OCS, Officer Candidate School. Oh, that's right. So you didn't double hat. You did that afterwards when you came back. Yeah, I, I was a chief instructor over there, you know, and then I came back, and I had two guys that knew me, and the rest of the office was like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, well, I used to be the chief instructor here, and I just came back from deployment. Uh, Isn't that how funny how fast oh, that dude. happens in the Marine Corps? They're like, who the fuck are you? It's yeah, like... Okay. I built this shit, man. Yeah. I literally, like, if you look in the notes, my my, my name is one of the... They don't um, give a shit. Anyways, like, yeah. I, whatever. 
And they're like, well, we don't have a boat space for you. I'm like, okay, well, where do I go? And they're like, oh, you're going to go to TBS. So they took me, one other guy, oh, and then gross. two of the guys that were sniper instructors, and they put us over at TBS, and it was, it was bad. You have uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about it. You have a funny TBS story. I do? Yeah. Like me? Hannah. About the bag? Oh, right. no. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is a real man. I'll leave it that. We're going <laughs> to shelve that one out of the books. <laughs> I like that story, though. It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Maybe it's kept right here for now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so how long were you there? Just the summer. It was like, it was the, it was the big push for the summer for when all the candidates come in. Cause they're not like officers yet. You know, it's yeah, their, yeah. their summer program did that, came back and then had a spot at the office and, uh, came back and there was, it was this thing like, Hey, there's this selection, you know? And I was like, Oh, for what? And I found out what it was. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's kind of those group of guys that were trying to pick everyone earlier. Yeah. But now there's a process. Like now like you gotta process. do fucking work and you yeah, gotta be bro. prepared and you gotta be this and you gotta be that. And, um, yeah. So for those that don't know, early days FMTU, you basically just, they were just picking O three, um, I guess O three elevens and other, some, some particular MOSs. Yeah, I think they tried to dabble in like top level or subject matter experts from different fields, from different fields to, them, yeah. to get them in that unit. And, uh, and essentially there was no really, there was no really process of selection other than just your MOS. And if you were the right select, but then you know, A and S was created, and yeah. that's when it, it all changed, and you had to go get selected. Yeah, so we had three three of our guys' office was actually prepping, and my uh, OIC, thankfully, yeah, he was about to prep as well. He was in a different time period as far as like when he could leave. Really? So, you, so a bunch of people started getting the. So it was another enlisted guy who was a little hungry. Yeah, and then it was my OIC and. To be quite honest, if I didn't have him trying to do the same thing, I don't know if I would have been afforded the amount of time that I was to train. Okay. I mean, part of it was afforded, and then the other yeah. part was, like, me doing the work. But Speak, Speaking of training, I don't know about you, but I did not train the way that I should have. I thought I did. I thought I did, too. <laughs> now, but, but now, knowing what I know now, I'm like, I would have done this way, way, way smarter. Yeah. It was yeah. Um, ruck. A lot. Yeah, it was, it was just dumb. like wake up, punch myself in the dick, rock harder. Go. I was doing, I was doing. What was I doing? I was doing CrossFit in the morning. Yeah. So like CrossFit. I mean, we both made it, so there's something. But there's yes. a there's a smarter way. Yeah. There's a smarter way CrossFit to do it. Something, and then like a gym bro session in the afternoon, and then a ruck session three to four times a week. I was like rucking. Am and I rucking? And I mean, swimming. Like running. Like yeah. Running. Not yeah. like yeah. Not proper, but running. So you. uh Anyways, you got your you got your shot. Yeah, yeah. Got my shot. Got in. Selection was selection was good. You liked it. That was a blast. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> it you know it's one of those things to be quite honest. With, it's like, it's freaking horrible, dude. It's, it's bad. My lawyer is calling me. I can't take a lawyer call on the podcast. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Um, I don't remember anything being obsessively hard. Not saying it was easy. The whole thing was just hard. So yeah. I, I don't, for me personally, I don't have a hierarchy on a scale of what piece of the pie was more difficult than the other. <laughs> Across the board, there was difficulties uh, and they all had their own. Dude, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave saying that 
I was pissed because I was a staff sergeant and I was coming from, so I was at second force, went to third recon, came back to second force, but it was essentially second Raider battalion at this point. And they're like, Oh, by the way, you have to go through selection. I'm like, motherfuckers, how many more selection process do I have to go through? One more, <laughs> always one more. There's always another one. Selections continuous. Selections right? continuous. That's right. So, but honestly, when I went through, I was like, dude, I'm so glad that one, I'm so glad that I went through because, because I saw the product that they were getting and, and no offense to the, some of the other recon guys that were there. There were some young recon guys in my selection course that didn't get selected. And from my point of view, they shouldn't have been selected. You know, they, they just, they didn't, they weren't all there yet. And that could have been just because they were young, you know what I mean? But um, I saw the quality of, I saw who got weeded out at selection, and I saw who made it, which was a very small, I don't know about your course. Oh, dude, it was tiny. Tiny, I try. I try and describe it to people all the time. People are like, yeah. well, how many people are in your class? I'm like, you have to understand the process it takes to even get to a class. Yeah, like you're going to get, there's, there's, you're, there's washes out before you even get to selection. Anyways, when, once I saw that, I was like, oh, this is a very very good product and then you know later on in my career when i went and cadre for selection i was like this is fucking amazing bro. so it gave you like a respect for the process 100 percent, man so once i got once i got came out of selection i was like dude this is now granted i didn't have to go through itc yeah um but that would i mean i think at this point they were taking guys like myself and making us instructors at itc yeah um, uh, yeah I, I mean yeah from best I re recollect, yes. Yeah. So you think you would have had that perspective if you never would have went through? No. Or you think you would have looked at them and been like, they don't have it because they haven't been through what I've been through. Yeah, I would have had you know a different. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. like lens might have been. Yeah, I would have had a different common. perspective and for sure. And I'm so, so very thankful that I, that I did go through selection. And uh, I got hammered on the board too by Sergeant Major Tom. I'm like, dude, we know each other. We're boys. You were my Sergeant Major at 3rd. And he still didn't give a shit. He just like hammered the shit. I don't know if he did it on purpose or whatnot, but he was just like, like all kinds of personal questions. And I was like, I got, we, him and I got into it, but yeah. whatever. I only had one mess up, but I think we'll leave that out. Of the <laughs> I think so, we'll also leave that out. <laughs> speaking of, not a mess up, but. No, it's not a mess up. You, uh, there's a, there's a particular event in selection and uh, you came in second. Yep. To that event. Second best. Second best is first worst. <laughs> and uh, there was a young man. There was a young man who beat you. Yep. Yeah. Mr. Widowitz. Mr. Widowitz. Dude crushed me. He, he crushed just you. fucking beat me. He yeah. crushed me. Thankfully, like, there was only one in front of me, but he definitely crushed me. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, and we lost, we lost him in um, Panorak. Yep. Panorak. Young man is a goddamn hero. Uh, if you don't know who, who he is, you can look him up. But, uh, Superstar. Yeah. Guy, guy's a freaking uh, is a is a war like that's a true war hero right there. Yeah, man, he kid was an animal. Yeah, I and all, uh, all through ITC with him, and he uh, and he was smaller than you, skinnier, skinnier, skinnier. He was tall. Yeah, he was tall, tall, but, tall like lanky, but yeah, but strong. Like he yeah. he was like like built, not like muscularly physically built, but just whatever was on his body was like did, muscle, and he was. Did he you was, know that he beat you, or did you find out afterwards? I. Well, I found out because there was only one other person at the end line, at the finish line. And he was, that was him. It was him. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is this? Because, I mean, I, th that's one thing I did well. Running. Yeah. Like, barefoot, like shoes and shorts. That is not my style. But you want to put a load on my back? I'm like a Clydesdale. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep going. And that was like the one thing I was really prepping for. And when someone beat me, I was like, damn. Like, 
I mean, I knew there was a trail. And he was young. I want to say 19. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say 19. So. Well, hey, if you're going to get beat by somebody, that's definitely a dude to get beat by. Um, And then, yeah, then you essentially landed landed right on, on my team. Yeah, they took seven of us, sent them to second. Yeah. And then everyone else went to third and first. We had, we had, uh, for those of you who don't know, we were the, we were one of the Af- uh, Afghan motorcycle gangs. One of the only. One of the only, yeah. That was a, that was a hell of an error, man. Riding around on motorcycles with, was it 314 man surrogate army? And a lot. A lot. I mean, if you count the ones that were like doubled and tripled up and on the handlebars, then, you know, our numbers <laughs> yeah, might be right, a, little, a yeah. little conflated. But, you know, actual yeah. physical bikes is, I think it was a 192 or 197 or something like that. Over the whole, over the whole district? Yeah, the bikes themselves and then yeah. however many additional monkeys were jumping on. And you and you ran that. That was your, that was essentially the training aspect of it was all yours. Yeah. Yeah. Training. And, <laughs> Loose, loosely, there's, there's a there's video. A certain very element you, of that training. Do you know the? Do you remember the video of us on the range, yeah. and they're like, they're you know they're shooting AKs, and, and Josh has got his hand on his pistol because he's like these these motherfuckers, man. Oh man, it was like one of the first iterations, you know. And there's, they're all you know, there's one kid shaking all over the place, and this other guy's loose. Yeah, and there was a couple squirrels that I just wasn't getting a good vibe off of, man. You know, and yeah, you know how it is out there. Like, I'm not sitting there in for it to ready waiting no i'm I'm instructing i had a pistol on my hip and i don't think my hand came off that pistol almost the entire iteration for the you know one of those fuck around and find out moments dude it it happens i mean it's happened unfortunately we know this too well yeah it's happened every organizations it has happened yeah it's yeah it's unfortunate but it can and i was like not on my watch not 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 to the best ability i can do yeah right right but that was a rad I, i mean for me, that was my, well, I guess both of us, that was our last deployment. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be your last deployment. But, dude, I remember, you know, talking to some of our other friends. I was like, man, this is definitely, that team was a tight team. Old. And, yeah, we were old. We were we were a very senior team. Old old for, you know. For that for the teams, job. For the yeah. most part, we yeah. were. Yeah, we were a very old team. And, um, and man, what a hell of a team to go out on. Uh, I mean, there's nothing like. There's nothing like riding, uh, riding your motorcycle off of the back of a Chinook into a in, at night into some village with a bunch of a bunch of indige. I cannot describe that to anybody. No, I, people have asked because they've seen a picture, right? They're like, yeah. "Oh, what's, what's this picture?" And then I go into this thought process of trying to describe it, and it's I just, hard. I just yeah. can't. It's hard. It's shit, dark, that they in make dark of night when you're sitting on a fucking motorcycle waiting for that ramp to drop. And then it finally does, and you're like, okay. you, got, you got guns and grenades all strapped to you, and AT4s and laws and everything, yeah. like just ready to go. And I'm like, okay, yeah, here we go. I just hope the bike starts. Because <laughs> you and Nick <laughs> drove those shitty ass parwazes. <laughs> hey, it got me everywhere I needed to go. That's what he said too, man. And I, I drove, I, to go. I drove the uh, premieres. Yep. I want one of those damn things. Do you? It's like 125 cc's. I still, I would cruise around this town in one of those things with the saddlebags and everything. Getting run off the road by half the people that live here. They'd <laughs> be like, oh fuck, <laughs> and they'd be like siding you off. Like, I still want one. I still want one. Put Dimitri on that thing. I do have? I found the vest. Remember that vest? The cuts yeah. that we had. Yeah, I found we had one at my house the other day. Really? Yep. That's awesome. But yeah, man, that was that was. Uh, God dang, what a freaking time, man. Carrying around buttloads of cash and 
guns and run around on motorcycles. I don't, I can't describe it. And half the stuff I'm like, maybe I remember we shouldn't describe it. Shouldn't describe or yeah. can't describe. But I mean, in yeah. reality, it was, it was, it was, it was a beautiful, for lack of better words, man, it really was a beautiful fucking ending trip to do and to, and to go out on. Yeah. That was, you, it's kind of like, we all came home, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Right. At that time, we all came home. Yeah. We were all healthy, whole. Which is amazing considering some of the shit that we did. For sure. Yeah. And so for, for to be able to end it on a note like that, in my perspective, is is great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've you know, every, every military unit, every team has military drama and bullshit, you know, that you have to deal with. Um, the green, the big green monster, you know, continues. Um, the big green weenie, if you will, continues to plow through young men <laughs> and to this day it's still it's still plowing oh yes yeah um but as you get older you know you kind of forget a lot of that stuff and you just kind of remember the good things which is a which is a good thing you can uh, if yeah. you so choose yeah yeah I've chosen. perspective I, you have to i've chosen to and i tell i tell you, you have but I, you know some yeah. folks and for a period of time you probably didn't no i didn't did I. yeah but i but now i tell young guys i'm like dude just it would be one of the coolest things you ever do. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the shit out of it, man. Don't worry about the bullshit. Just have fun. Have fun. Because when that shit ends, it fucking ends and you're never doing it again. No. Yeah. I mean, you'll have other rad stuff in life and you should. You should go, you know. For sure. But for that life. thing, for what it is. Yeah. Soak it up. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. Soak it up. No. Um, but then, yeah, we, that, that was, that for me, I knew, I knew that that was going to be my last one. And uh, so the fact that we, one, made it out alive. Because there was at one point, I remember I was like, oh, this is how we die. Well, there's oh. many points. Well, there's one particular one when we went down south. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. I was like, this is stupid. Well, that was right at the end. I that think was that's why it sticks out so much. Yeah. One in the beginning when I got fucking blown off a motorcycle. On, yeah. Riding over a bridge. Yeah. Like, that, let me tell you what, like, being blown up in a vehicle, that sucks. Being kicked off a motorcycle, that, that sucks as well. Like, fucking, <laughs> yeah. throwing like... 40, 40 feet in the air, you know, like just. I was expecting that to happen at the last one because we already, we knew that there were there were IDs there. Anyways, we were pushing south, and it was basically like the hot gates. There was this little dirt path, and uh, then a river, and then a mountain, a raging river, a raging river, not a trickling one, a raging river. Like no. you go in that, you're done. There's oh, no, you're gone. There, yeah, there's and no you're wearing, we're wearing body armor yeah. and all kinds of shit. Yeah, you're done. And um. Anyways, there's a little dirt path, and we and they had said there's IEDs on that path. So like, oh well, so our bright idea is like, well, we'll just ride our motorcycles. We're light. Yeah, we're light, which we did. We'll try and clear them first. Yeah, which we started to. We, we started just, to do dog first, and then EUD, we just blew, and then we just blew through the other side. Started shooting, pushed. Yeah, well that, and then we got we started hitting, our coverage. Yeah, and we so started our coverage getting, was leaving. Yeah, and we we either were sitting ducks or we had to go. At least be in the perspective view of where our coverage would have been. Then when we started taking, it was a PKM fire immediately as we brushed the, thre the threshold. As soon as that first bike hit the went threshold, over whatever threshold that they had deemed, yeah. which wasn't too far in front of us. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, anyway, so we we pushed into it. We nobody got shot. Which is, I don't understand how that happened because they had the high ground around us and it was nuts. They had all the ground. Yeah. We were pinholed to probably a four foot wide area it was like this table dude it was, it was a massive cliff on one side the raging river on the other there's yeah. nowhere to go nowhere to go anyways we made it to that first house and then our fucking buddy with his dumbass scar 
right next to me. I'm I was sure. on the rooftop. I never remember. We got a good picture of you up there, by the way. Yep. Um, but I was down there on that wall with him, and he's shooting that scar next to me, and I'm shooting a, a suppressed M110 SAS. And I'm like, look, I stopped shooting. We're in the middle of a gunfight. I stopped shooting. I look at him and I'm like, would you get the fuck away from me? <laughs> that's, that's when you know that the annoyance of that thing yes, is dude. worse than what's going My on. My beard was like, like blowing by, you know, I'm like, would you get the fuck away from me? That loud ass thing. He's laughing. Uh, and then we pushed even further south. This Some is where, this, this is where Josh saved, saved me and Jake. Some uh, of us pushed. There's, I think, a handful of us pushed south. Third of us, maybe somewhere in there, roughly. It was a literally a handful. Yeah, and then some some endage, kind of. Who bailed? Yeah, I was gonna say kind of. They were sticking around for a little bit, and once they realized shit was getting wrong, yeah. Like, There's a compound that the rest of you guys are in. Yeah, I'm gonna go back there. They, I remember, forget they were standing right there, and then shots started going off. So I'm shooting this way. I'm hiding behind a boulder this way. Next thing, I'm getting shot up from up on the mountain, like behind, like like right at me. I don't even, and then our, one of our other friends goes, right, I don't, how did he get that, uh, what the, the hell, the Carl, the Carl Gustav. Oh, Carl G. Carl, how did he get it, like, loaded and unmounted so fast? Magic. Like, that's all I can think of. It's magic. Literally, dude, I heard one shot, and then he, next thing I heard, he was rocket. like, rocket. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And then we got pinned, in, pinned down, and Jake and I had to run behind this mountain, Next thing I know, I mean, literally within two seconds, Josh had was firing handheld 60s into the mountain. By myself. By yourself. He was like lobbing freaking 60s. I was like, thanks, Josh. Come to find out, I was ended up working through some signal work, right? Like we were like triangulating some signals. We were well, yeah, because they were telling us exactly where they were. I had the radio. So I was yeah. trying to do call for fire. I was trying to control the... 81's up on top. Which, yeah. I was we'll, trying to control them. We'll, at least we'll, leave, we'll leave that alone. The ones that were above the clouds. Yeah. yeah. I had done I had done quite extensive. I was a mortarman in the past. Yeah. And then I had gone to like advanced mortar leader school. And then I had. You taught all of us. Yeah. That's, you, taught, had, you taught me how to do mortars. And I taught yeah. some other stuff. And somewhere in my brain, math numbers, things like that work out. You know, so I was going off of the triangulation that they, we were pinging from our different mechanisms. And yeah. then the radio chatter. And then the known position where they were, yeah. our known position where we were, my perspective, direction, and distance to the target. Well, you did all that very fast. Yeah. It was kind of subconscious, but I was trying to figure that so they could drop yeah. and I could worry about shooting. Yeah. I didn't want to be sitting there shooting a 60. I'd rather be shooting you know, the M110 SAS, which I yeah. did for a little bit. But yeah. And then we got up there and it was the same thing. They were like, they're shooting two feet to the right. I was like, sweet. <laughs> Let me adjust here. <laughs> Anyways. And uh, yeah, we killed four of those guys. Yeah. And then made it back. And then, and then made it back. Almost. Well, got done with that. Almost to get eaten by a fucking dog. Dog. And then, yeah. <laughs> dog almost ate us. Rounds are skipping off my feet. And I remember just wanting to be like, time out. <laughs> yeah. Is is there a timeout in this game? Because I'm fucking over it, man. I'm over like, it, dude. I just <laughs> this dog is literally like pulling at my pants on the bike. This massive dog, and then and then yeah, we were starting getting shot at, and it was like, it was like that that weird dusk 
time so it was like nods not nods light not light you i'm know like pulling I mean? my feet off the pegs like that's gonna matter yeah i'm here in the round skip off the ground and i can almost see, see where we're trying see to the go. compound like, yeah just get there oh my get god there. dude yeah i wasn't even upset i wasn't even scared upset i just was like dude i, I just want to go back i'm over this Done, the deployment's almost over and that's what's crazy man it's always like the most dangerous and we knew that right it was like always the most dangerous time of the deployment is right at the right at the beginning and right at the end unfortunately yeah and we were right there anyways we got through it we have now we have a story to tell i don't think i've ever publicly even talked about that story maybe maybe i have maybe not but it can go deeper but we'll leave it at that yeah yeah anyways i remember i remember the aircraft I was like i had my little uh air panel when i was behind that yeah. rock <laughs> and i had put my air panel out they're like we don't see you can we approved the drop like fuck no you're not approved we can't see your air panel are we approved the drop no 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 like, please do not we're good thanks we'll take it from here like, how do you not see the panel it's the only thing of color out here everything else is you know <laughs> brown but, oh man perspective of air man i mean they're looking at you know the a greater grid you know grid space approved the drop no 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 negative <laughs> can go away I have no authority here, but no. Yeah, right. Oh, man. I, I, I remember just laughing, going, oh, they can't be serious, right? That's probably the most scared moment I was. I was like, oh, my God. I can handle yeah, what's over here because yeah. I'll, I'll figure out how to shoot them. I'll figure out how to do what I need to do. But that guy up there, no. if he so chooses, that's very precision. No. And Please don't. <laughs> yeah, let us let us handle it for our, on our end. Anyways, like Josh said, we made it all back. and Thank God because we got a story to tell now. And, uh, yeah. There it is. And that was it for me. I got back and I did like, I don't know, four or five surgeries. within a, a bunch. Like four or five surgeries in a matter of six months. Your wrist, your hernia, right? Yeah, wrist, uh, umbilical hernia, um, some other things. Yeah. And then I was out, man. On to uh, browner, <laughs> browner pastures. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be greener. Grass is always green on the other side until yeah. you realize it's turf. It's and just turf, fun. yeah. Fuck, what is this? Um, but that story, the rest of that story is all a nice communicator warrior. But um, Josh was going to continue, right? I didn't have a choice. Yeah, you were I mean, in. I still had contracts. You know, I had time left. And yeah. it was bump and gump to the next team, man. Yeah. Same team next Same time. Same team next time, Same yeah. Team next time. And then um, they they uh, they blessed you with a, a seat to go, because you, you didn't get a chance to go to any schools. So in ITP, individual training phase, you got... You got, they blessed you with a jump school seat. Yeah. They're like, dude, you want okay. some more pay, man? You want to go jump? I'm like, hell yeah. Go I guess. That. Like, I'd rather kind of go to, like, this other one. But, I mean, if it's something I'm going to have to knock out anyways, man, let's fuck, let's get over with. It's five days. I'll be in there. I'll be out of there. And then I'll go to something that, you know, is actually going to advance me. Yeah. In my education and, and better benefit for the team. Because yeah. surely we're not probably fucking jumping into Afghanistan again. Or another country. No, definitely not. I, I mean, I don't think it's really happened since then. And it really hasn't happened the past 20 some years there was a you know a few people that got some jumps sure. in yeah i'm like you want me to go to jump school like cool i'll do it just for the pay but not for anything else like it wasn't something i was gonna so how was your jump school experience josh it was glorious yeah beautiful uh, southern california yeah um skies were wonderful and the palm trees were great um and then it wasn't so great <laughs> how many days did you make it um uh, i think it was no it was day four Damn. Day, day four. Because day five was bag jumps. Um, 
I didn't get there. I failed out. You failed out, huh? Fucking wash. Josh is a jump school, <laughs> jump school washout. Fucking made it 80% of the way and I was washed out. Didn't even get my book signed. Fuck. So what happened? Um, I decided that jumping out of a plane correctly um, sounded too easy. Yeah. And I attempted to do it. However, uh, I was not allowed to do it that way. So I, anyways, what happened was it was second or third jump of the day. I don't remember. Um, I was one man, stick one, you know, heaviest guy. You know, it was one man. Our, our stick was first stick to go out. Yeah. And uh, first jumps were fine. You know, nothing nothing was a problem. And have you jumped down there? That's why I went to free fall. Okay. So turbulent, turbulence homes. Yeah, I've spoken to other people about that drop zone, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I, bro. I know that one. I couldn't imagine what it feels like coming in from higher and then dropping like into it. And as soon that. as you open your canopy, you're in turbulence. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in the zone where it gets opens for you. Yeah. And you know, we were, dude, we were cutting laps. And I've never done static line there. You haven't? No. Okay. Only, only free fall. Okay. Yeah. So we're cutting laps around the DZ. Now, I was not a jumper. I'm not a jump master. Not a, you know, free fall instructor. But I know enough about running courses and running training evolutions to know when something might be going when off. We're, when we're cutting squares. Yeah, in we're the cutting air. squares, you know, and I could feel the plane jostling, you know, it's a FedEx truck with wings. And, you know, I, I kind of looking at, you know, the, the jump masters or whoever those guys are in there. And they're looking at each other. And finally we hit a pass and, you know, fucking light goes on, stand up, shuffle up, whatever, hook in. And uh, so we hook in, I'm one man. And the beautiful stars of Live were aligned, you know, appropriately. And uh, just as I went to jump, we hit an air pocket. And it just so happened that as I was, you know, the one foot on, one foot off, that last, like, a quarter of a millisecond, like, I stepped off. And as soon as I stepped off, man, hit an air pocket, and it shot me up into the top of the plane. You know, my, and this is from someone else telling me, because I don't remember shit. Yeah. Not, not about this part. Um, head bounces off the roof. And then because it's static line, you know, there's a lot more cables. Um, I had a cable of some sort wrapped around my my head. Uh, and then I had another cable that was wrapped around my left leg. So th thankfully, the one around my head was a little more favorable. There's your risers. Yeah, something. You're, I, you're, you're actually, the ba I think you're bagged, if I understand correctly, you're bag deployed and your risers actually somehow got wrapped around your leg and then one around your neck. Yeah. And the one around my head, thankfully, like I said, like, like, Loosened up a little bit more favorable. You had a burn though, didn't you? Yeah, man. yeah. So that's where I had, you know, big bruising or hematomas yeah. or whatever the words are, you know. And then I had uh, severe um, nerve damage and, and all sorts of stuff right in that same area. So, yeah. uh, but the one that was wrapped on my leg, it decided, thankfully, not to take the leg off, uh, but it had enough tension on it. I did what I was supposed to do, which was leave the airplane, and the cable did what it was supposed to do, which was remain attached to the airplane and. Broke the leg, cracked it, um, open femur fracture, bone was... Out the back of your hamstring. Out the back of the hamstring, and uh, bone was two inches maybe, inch and a half, somewhere in there. Um, out the back of my leg, which I found that out later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a good old boy holding my reserve, and I, I thought I jumped right. I mean, I did. Um, went out the plane, and then I actually gained consciousness um, as my chute deployed, thankfully. Uh, I think that that jolting, you know, mechanism. Did they ever check like, you for a concussion? They asked me. They said, "Hey, do you remember anything?" And in my mind, I remembered everything. Yeah. Like, I wasn't lying. I legitimately at the time. 
I perceive that I remembered everything because I did remember being jolted back to life. That's what yeah. I remembered. But I, however, I did not remember the split time between I, uh, lights the, going on for me yeah. to go off and me, you know, holding out of that reserve, you know, being employed. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I was definitely knocked out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was open and thankfully, man, for all of, I don't know, training or brainwashing or whatever it is they do to us. Like I had a very strategic method of, of what was in my head of what I needed to do. So at least I retained that much. Um, hold the reserve. You know, first thing I did was look up the risers, make sure those things weren't twisted. I wouldn't have been able to bicycle kick out of it's, it. It's amazing. I, I it's amazing that your parachute, I mean, those things are damn near resilient, but it opened. It opened. I'm yeah. quite thankful. I didn't have to pull the reserve. You know, I, yeah. there was nothing parachute wise, um, extra steps that I had to make, which mm -hmm. to me is thankful because if I would have had to do that stuff while being compromised, could it be done? Yeah, man, I'm sure someone's done it. Yeah. Sure, plenty of people have done it, but I don't want to have to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I knew something was wrong. Nothing was tangled. I said, okay, you know, that measure's good. All right, it's deployed. I mean, I'm not going to be a human lawn dart. And uh, let's start going to body checks. And I went to body checks. I started looking down. You know, I'm looking around. Uh, I'm, I don't see anything. And then I got over here to the left leg. I was like, fuck, man. I just saw, you know, just blood just fucking pumping out. It was just did, you like, try, did you try to move it at all? You know, at first I saw it, and it was just, you know, radiating. Not, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, an artery. It was just screaming down. But it was enough I could watch it, and it was just, I could see the droplets moving closer to the earth. And I was like, fuck. That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. That means it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. So I did a quick sweep, you know, to the right side, checked that. Thankfully, it was clear. Went back to left, and then I basically just took both my thumbs because my first thought was for moral. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, fuck, if that thing's clipped, I'm like, ah, travel time back down to earth, bleed out time, doesn't work in my favor. Yeah, I don't have you know? I don't have any time, yeah. So let's pinch for moral, you know, fucking, so double thumb, you know, hardest point, most pressure I could grab. Double thumb, you know, to the in, inside of the femoral artery. Wrap the rest of the fingers. Thankfully, my hands are big. Around my leg as much as possible. Control the bleeding. And then I tried doing like a like a lift of it. You know, like a shift. And it was like a fucking garbage bag full of jello, dude. Oh. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't feel right. That's when I was really like, holy shit. Something's massively compromised. Yeah. I didn't know what. Right? Like, And then my brain actually was like, oh. Traction. I, I, I have no clue how. It was not I remember, a thought process. I remember this, yeah. It, you were in the air yelling this. I was in the air as I got closer. You know, there's that, you know, the, the V you're going towards and circles, you know, I'm trying to crab. So I'm like releasing my thumb to try and crab closer. Because in my mind, I'm like, hey, if I can drop closer to them, that's faster that they can get the help to me. And yeah, so I'm like yelling down. I'm like, traction, tourniquet, traction, tourniquet, like medic. Like I'm just going through this rhetoric. I had no pain. Um, your adrenaline was through. Oh the yeah, roof, I'm not dude. superhuman. It was definitely yeah. adrenaline was through the roof. Um, again, thankfully, I had this very tactile list. Yeah, that I was going through like in sequential order, and then in my brain, I was like, dude, traction. But that's that's training, right? Like your brain turn. Essentially, your yeah. brain turns off, and it's just like you go on autopilot. I was definitely on autopilot, and but if you don't train to that, there's no autopilot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the high level of the training. Yeah but not just the training, like the adherence and the listening yeah. that I did, thankfully, unfortunately, but thankfully paid off, you know, for me to kind of come out of that. Otherwise I've been panicking and freaking out. And if it was femoral or something else more, you know, you I, I wouldn't have pinched and yeah. I would have just panicked and, you know, but 
yeah, I was just holding on to uh, holding on to life, man. I was like, fuck, all I have to do, I just don't want to go out in air. Like that's the last thing I want to happen. Like I don't, I don't want to go out in air. If it's gonna happen, if this is if this is where the cards are, let me touch earth again. Let, yeah. let me kiss earth. Like I'm, yeah, it was. I want to see my kids. And holy shit, my wife and like those clicked in. Those those did click in. Like for sure, I am human. Yeah. I am human. Those clicked in. And then it came back to just I had this sense of I needed to just touch Earth. Just not that the, I was not that I was willing to give just up. Just get to point. the ground. But it was my next phase, right? It was my next yeah. phase line, right? I'm in air. I need to get the ground. I get the ground. I get medic. I get medic. I, you know, it was yeah. It was I need phase lines and I need to hit them. And uh, so then I had to figure out how to land. So I said, all right, well, I'll compromise left. That means I need to land right. Like this one's already blown out and it's done. If I land on it, I don't want to induce more damage that I can, can maybe control. So I landed right as best as possible. Come to find out, you know, blew that whole right shoulder out. Like, which they didn't know for how long, because they were so focused on your leg. We didn't find, we didn't know about the shoulder for like what a month or two. Yeah, maybe a month. Yeah, three weeks, something like that. And what? And, and it, who noticed it? Petro. Petro, because it was like hanging essentially. Yeah, I was like, hey man, I got got some tingling going on. You know, I, I got some pain, and I'm kind of off a lot of the other meds. I mean, I'm still on meds because I was, you know compromised but uh he's like all right let's run some tests he ran two tests one was physical and that was like holy he's like holy shit let's try this one it was just another physical one but i had to perform an action and he's like oh yeah that's all he had to do two things so almost bled out in the ambulance um i was conscious when they reset and pulled traction which from what we're taught what is is the most painful part of the Uh process right pull that pulling that femur back in there that's and again, thankfully I was in shock. I didn't feel shit. You didn't feel anything? No, dude. No. That's crazy. No. I would have passed thankfully, out. Thankfully I was riding that high. I remember because there was uh and I don't know, I mean I fuck I know enough SEALs, but I I can never keep their full pipeline of the way they do everything, you know, yeah. in my brain. I mean, I know enough of it, but um there were some guys that were there. And they were the medics, right? They were like they were going through medic school, I believe. Basically an LT 18 Delta, yeah. Yeah, but they weren't like a blessed oh, okay. 18 Delta. Like, I think okay. they were going through the course. And this was part of like their, you know, hands-on whatever training. They were just being, you know, medical staff. So it was like, uh, um, it was a large woman on a four-wheeler. Let's put it that way. A civilian. That was uh, the on-site medic. Yeah. And I remember I looked at her and I remember my brain was like, I don't want her fucking touching me, man. This ain't this ain't my person. I don't think so. Like you ain't fucking touching me. And I remember I looked up a couple of seals. I mean, I'm laying down, right? So my my I'm, I remember looking at a couple of them, and I was like, "Boys, you gonna fucking help me or what?" Like I need you on this. I don't want her. I want, I want you. And I, I remember them kind of looking at each other, right? So they must have been in the early portion of their training. I don't know. Yeah. A couple of them stepped in to try and help, but she must have been the senior ranking, you know, whatever medical staff, and she pulled it. I didn't feel, it, but before she pulled it. I grabbed a boot of one seal and I grabbed the boot of another seal and I just looked at him. I was like, you boys better not fucking fall down. I'm like, cause I don't know what's about to happen. Don't fall down. And I remember just the look on the one guy's face that I could see. He's like, Oh shit. Like he wasn't sure, you know, yeah. like, Hey, do you want to feel it real quick? So I was like, fuck yeah. I can't want to feel it. I mean, this is the one time I'd be able to feel bone outside my body. Knock on the wood. Yeah. And so I felt it. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's, that's a femur. That's a femur. <laughs> now I know, but they pulled it. Everything was good. Um, Got in the ambulance, you know, they were trying to give me, I think, morphine or something. And they were calling in, you know, the, the hospital, like, not sure if they should do it. 
And yeah, there was this EMT. This is where maybe part of my frustration of overweight individuals in an environment where you need to be physically capable and sound yeah. comes into play. Um, and he was huge, man. Drinking out of one of those like 64 ounce big gulps. Super cool. Yeah. And I started feeling this sensation. It was hot. It was warm. Mm-hmm. Kind of comfortable. And then I got really embarrassed. I'm like, man, I just pissed myself. Like, out of all this, I just pissed myself. Did you? No. Oh. That was the first thought. And then once I realized, nah, I didn't pee. That's blood. I was like, fuck. Yeah, that's a lot of blood. I, I remember looking at him. I was like, hey, man, I'm bleeding out. He looks up at the little charts. He's like, nah, you're good. I was like, no, nah, dude, I, I'm bleeding out. Like, you need to fucking come help me. I'm bleeding out. And he, like, tries to rock, you know, in his little chair. He's trying to rock back and forth to get up. Barely gets up. Leans over. Looks. And then finally went into panic mode. Just starts, like, stuffing gauze and, like, just trying to control the bleeding trying to figure out what's going on. You know, it gives me oxygen. And I'm like, dude, if I'm going out, just tell me. Like, I can handle it. I just want to know if I'm going to go out. I need to have a thought process first, think about a couple of things, and then I can go out. I don't want to, but yeah. Anyways. And it was during a 96. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We were back home. We were finding out. We were trying to figure out how to get you support. And you guys were having a big old party. Yeah. But until that happened. Yeah. And then we're like, son of a bitch. And, uh. Yeah, nobody was really responding because it was the holiday. Barbecue time. Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll take care of that Monday. I'm like, well, he's he's bleeding out. <laughs> so we're going to have to do something here. Anyways, we got, we got. Yeah. No, you guys did. Hannah, Hannah got Everything there. that I could have asked for. Yeah. I mean, and more. Yeah. And uh, anyways, so you got there. They ended up putting what? 17 inches? 17 inch rod in there? Yep. And, uh, and then finally got you. How how was the I don't remember how was the ride back How did they get you? I flew like regular civilian aircraft and got shitty service and support. Man. Sweet, so you just had this terrible. huge leg locked up in a wheelchair and everything, and yeah, they like, give a shit. You can't have a whole row. I'm like, well, where do you want me to put it? It doesn't move. I can't bend it. Like I can't put it under a seat. It's I just not, I just had I, I can't just stow had my surgery. leg away because I can't bend it. Like yeah. it's like finally there was a a marshal that like came out of character, you know, because they have to be the character that they are, that they're, they're just a regular person to play. And he finally came out and kind of pulled over and whispered to us. And I wasn't irate, you know, but I was just, I was more baffled. I was on a lot of fucking drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't get irate, but I was like hired and shit. Yeah. And I was frustrated. And he kind of came over and like gave Hannah a blanket, you know, and he's like, hey, just let you guys know, like I'm doing everything I can. You know, I give you, I'm trying to get you into first class. Like he was trying to do everything he could. Yeah. Anyways, got back, so yeah, and uh, and then that was fuck, dude. You just went on like a how long was that recovery? Almost two years. I call it two years, yeah, only two because years. it was two years, almost you know, to when I exited. So I call that two years. Yeah, but it wasn't. You had multiple surgeries, right? You had to go, yeah. and then you had to have a knee surgery because it got locked up all Initial, the scar tissue. Yeah, knee surgery, and then they finally did the shoulder, um, and then yeah, it was just and then physical therapy for. You lost a ton of weight too, man. Strength conditioning and physical therapy, and that was it. Rinse, repeat every day. That was probably your smallest, huh? As an adult. Yeah. 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 Probably 180. That's crazy. If you 180. I think pounds. low I've, not low 190s. I oh, mean, if def- I look at pictures, like I'm like definitely. Know, like if you look at those pictures, you don't even look the same. I went from like 235 to like 190. Yeah, man. 
I get high on quaaludes. <laughs> it was a good time. I remember you were like, dude, I'm so like, you're like, I need to come out of the clouds. Yeah. Like Once you, I finally like realized like how much fucking narcotics I was on. Yeah. You know, I was like, Ooh, I'm out of here. Man. And that was basically it. They said, you're one of the doctors. I had a couple people. Yeah. That I don't want to say help me get what I want, but I, I had come to a realization and well, I'm talking about the surgeon that was like, oh, oh you're never going to. Oh, yeah, dude. You're never going to run, barely walk again. No, bro. He's like, you ain't lifting. You ain't, yeah. you ain't, you ain't running. Like, anything that's hard, compacting-wise, pressure. He's like, you just need to live a gentle life. <laughs> like, nah, dude. Like, just look like where I came from. I fucking lead a gentle life. I mean, not happening. Fuck. Yeah, they were, and, uh, oh, man. We came over there to build that t- that that place that you were in a wheelchair. Oh man! And who was it? Was it? It had to have been McKenna. Capri was a baby. Yeah, Cap- yeah. She was only a little over one. So yeah, McKenna. And McKenna was. What did she say to you? <laughs> She's like, "Don't worry, Dad. I'll teach you how to walk again." Fuck. Damn. That that shit gets me every time. I'm sure it gets you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, McKenna. Thanks for teaching Dad to walk again. Now he's, now you're. <laughs> now I got to even more so keep up with her. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And another one. And another little fast one. Yeah, but you're, you're, dude, that just shows you, like, it, it just takes work, right? You could have, t- you could have been, to this day, you probably could have, st- if, if you didn't put the work and you did, you could have, you could have still been hobbling around on a cane. Yeah. And you just made me think of something, man. Like, out of the people that we talked to, today currently with you know a lot of stuff we're doing yeah i've had people tell this to me about my situation and they're like well it must have been nice to have such high level staff doing all the work Mm. and and you being afforded the opportunity to have you know people that were at Mm. such a high level um must be that's the only reason why you know you've you've had the recovery that you had i was Mm. like well just because I had a staff there, like they didn't fucking lift the weights. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Tr- I mean, they didn't I, show I, up. I lived there. Yeah, I could have went in for thirty minutes, done my thing, checked my box, done my PT, right? Like everyone's got to do their little ortho or whatever. I could have mm-hmm. you know, done the minimal, walked the fuck out, went home, sat on my couch, ate fucking pills, you know, and fucking bonbons, I, and, and, and cried myself to sleep yeah. more than I did. No, you know, yeah. what I mean? like I could, I could have had a very sour and negative outlook, drinking and just adding pills. And, and just done that. Been like, well, yeah. this is this is it. Even though I'm afforded an opportunity, this is it. Fuck, man. Like, I, I was there. I mean, I, I lived there. I created a bonding relationship that I was with those humans. I tried to like essentially rape their brains of all the information. No, that, that became done. that became your mission. Yeah, getting back to where you are today is is was became. I remember like that was your. It wasn't anything else. No. Your mission from for eight hours a day, eight, nine hours a day was that. And when I wasn't performing it physically myself in that environment, guess what was happening? All those other team guys were coming in there and they were doing their training. They were yeah. doing their workouts. And, you know, it was a little bit of therapy maybe, I guess, because I'd, I'd still be involved in the, in, right. in the people. Yeah. But I would watch them too. And then I would watch the PT, how he interacted with them. I knew everyone's fucking injury in there. I knew everyone's. And it was cool because I would watch him and, and I would watch how 
they approached each injury different. Now, I wasn't a school trained or licensed, you know, physical therapist, nor no, strength coach. I or, think that's where you got the fire for what we do now, man. It, that's where you learned everything. 100%. Yeah. I had top strength coach, top yeah. um, PT, yep. you know, and an, a top athletic trainer. And I, I literally just watched and I studied them when they did things to me and then when they did things to everyone else and then everything in between. I'd be asking them questions. Are, that PT, I think he might be out now, but nope. no. Yes, but no. Yeah. He's, he's now back doing. Oh, but he is the pot, the top PT in the Navy, correct? Uh, now. Yes. He's the number one. In the, yeah, in the Navy, then he went into SOCOM, and then he was top. And joint. After yeah. Joint stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The number one PT, basically, military-wise. Yeah. yeah. Was working on you. And he so worked on me, PT, too. Good human. Yeah, he's a great human. Yeah. And he's got some good blood in him, too. So if you catch this. Thank you, Malaka. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, that's where the fire came from. It was, it was one, a refusal for me to not want to just give in to whatever the fuck they were saying. Yeah. I had kids. I, you, you made a choice, and that's the thing is, like, people are, everybody, oh, it must be nice. Motherfucker must be nice. Do you know how much fucking work it takes to put into something like that? They could have told anything. me all the information. Yeah. All they wanted. It's not their job to do it or perform I mean, it. And the reality is, is, you know, and I'm not, I'm not throwing stones, but we have, we have friends that get hurt and they make a choice too. And they, they do make a choice and they do the bare minimum and they, they sit on their ass, they take pills, they drink booze, they, they do the check in the box and they're still, they're still fucked up, you know, on all platforms, yeah, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. yeah, their life, everything, you know, and, and that's a choice too, right? You're making a choice too, or you can just fucking go all in. Go all in on everything. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. No, you can't. I could have put in all that work. And it'd still be fucked up. All that effort, and I could be confined to less than what I'm doing now. Yeah. But I wanted to see what what it was possible. Yeah. But you, that's the the mentality that it takes, man. If you want to, and that goes with anything. That goes with that recovery. That goes into building a business. That goes into your own physical, just your own physical fitness, you know, and, and, you know, like a message to our clients that that are listening to this. That's you get out what you put into it. We tell them that all the time. Well, I got a you know a compromised arm or something like fucker. I got videos where I'm in a sling and I have a belt around my waist with a kettlebell with hanging. Kettlebells hanging and I'm I'm squatting on the top of you know boxes. <laughs> two boxes, yeah. Just so I can continue to work my lower extremity, even though the upper's compromised. Yeah. I'm on a rower in a sling. At one on point, at one point, you couldn't even do that. You were sitting doing that stupid hand crank thing. Yeah. Hand bike. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. I don't wish that upon anybody, by the way. How long were you? Because you would do that for like 30, 45 minutes on a stupid house. I went to another place. That was probably like another dark place. Like, oh, God, this is what I'm doing. I hope this yields a benefit. I'm staring at a concrete wall. (laughs) I hope there's a benefit. I remember they positioned it. What a horrible place to position that thing, too. It was just like on a corner of a wall. You're like, well, how about putting this on like a table that I can watch TV or something? No, ma'am, you go get in the corner and crank that for 45 minutes. Yeah, but it is. You get out what you put into it. And there's guys that there's guys that we see in our program who who fucking excel and it changed their life, but they go all in. They don't yeah. dabble. They don't dabble. They don't try. They don't do they just go fucking all in. They do what we say. They commit a hundred percent. They turn their brain off. They stop feeling, you know, they stop living feeling based. They go all in and we see it, right? We see what happens to these guys. And it's key people. Yeah. Sometimes people be like, well, how come they're the only ones getting the accolades and this and that? I said, well, listen, they're the ones that are doing all the work. All of it. They're like the appropriate work. 
Yeah. Like, like the real work. They're not yeah. half-assing it. They're not, no. you know, quarter quarter doing something and making excuses. And that's... And what's crazy is all the ones that go all in, I love it. You know, And then we're getting off, you know, getting yeah. off target. But they go... I just, I'm passionate about talking about it because I'm proud of them. They make fucking... It's crazy to watch, like, you... You know, them go from like 300 pounds to 210. And they're like, now they're having like crazy, they're, they're crazy sex with their wife. Their, their kids are looking up to them. They're having more, better relationships with their kids. They're making more money, you know. Business is booming. Business to start booming. Internal dialogue of just energy. Not energy to like, you know, go run 20 miles. Like no, I'm not talking no. about that just kind daily, of energy. I'm Just daily, just daily life. Yeah, just the daily energy from... Waking up out of bed to taking yeah. a shower and getting off the shitter. Like yeah. the energy of that, of feeling just light on your toes, man. Yeah. Nothing better than that. Anyways, I'm proud of them. And uh, so anyways, so you, you that called it quits, man. You got retired. And they were like, nope, you're done. And you were still kind of not really, at two years, you were you were good, but you weren't 100%. No. Yeah, you weren't 100%. No, I, did, I was doing damn good. There's couple areas you know that i still was lagging a little bit in and i personally thought that i was yeah. i think the staff did as well um but but it didn't you didn't stop like no. it post you know you got it was enough to like hey you're good enough oh yeah to retire i had all my supposed surgeries you know yeah. got all my stuff done and then it was just i gotta spend several years building this is a lifetime effort yeah you still i mean to this day like you i was just, we were just out in hawaii what my birthday yeah. and we were working on your hip yeah, it's, it's a constant thing. Shit's going to pop up. Yeah. But yeah. I want to do everything I can to reduce it or, you know, minimize I, it. And I like, that's what you kind of, what you said, like, well, oh, I have a compromised thing. And it's like, motherfucker, stop worrying about, stop worrying about what you can't do. I tell some, I told some of that the other day, you know, he was like, well, I've got this. And he wants, he wanted to come on board. Yeah. And I'm like, can you like, all I'm hearing is you complain about one thing. Meanwhile, there's dudes with like one leg yeah. that are crushing it. They're fit as fuck. Guys are losing legs going back in deployment. Yeah. Like, dude, don't worry about the one thing that you can't do. Worry about the 47 other things that you're not doing. You know? I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to go pee. Okay, so you you retired. And then uh, catch us up on the last. Fuck. Nine years? Eight. Eight? Fourteen. Eight years. Eight years. <clears throat> yeah. In a nutshell. That's like a Netflix series all on its own. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark, what's the runtime? You're at hour 40. Oh, that's not that bad. You guys are hanging in there with us. So, I remember, and this is, I think it's important for any vets that might be listening. I remember you pulled chocks fast. Yeah. Went right into another job. Do an EP. When I was advised not to. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, everybody has to kind of learn, but, you know, for themselves. But um, can you talk about your, like, thought process of where you were at and then maybe, like, some hindsight of what you would have done different? Um, you don't have to do specifics. Just, yeah. You know. I think it was pretty natural, right? Like, I was. You wanted out. Like a, of the area. I was yeah. done with a career. Yeah. I was in a place that I was told to be. Yeah. Right? So there's a little bit of that, don't want to be fucking told what to do anymore yeah. in me. Yeah. Um, I had left, you know, I don't know if I would have stayed in, you know, for, for 20, even if who, this didn't happen. Yeah. Whether if it was to the next enlistment, right? But either way, I was removed um, 
when I didn't make the choice. Yeah. No. Either way, I, I left short of my terms. Um, so there was a little bit of a feeling of like, fuck, I just lost, you know, who I was, you know, what I was doing, the friends that I had, the community that I had, the people I had. Because everyone just kept the fucking train moving. Nothing wrong with them. But, like, that's what the train does. It but keeps it's, moving. But it's funny because we get told, we get sold this oh. other thing. You're a special flower. that No one can do the job you do. Like You're the community's forever. Oh, my God. Like, we're just, we're never. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it wasn't fucking, not to move backwards, but literally it wasn't maybe till three weeks until there was less than a handful of people. Of people that were talking to that you. That would even talk to me anymore because yeah. they were just like, oh, you're not on our team anymore? I'm a cool store, dude. I fucking don't know who you are, you weak son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. Bro, I'm in a fucking wheelchair, man. Like. That's but, uh, it's it's I'm laughing, but it's a hundred because it's a hundred percent true. And you know, you're like Marine for life, Marsock for life, Raider for life. Yeah, sure, dude. Nah, man. Now nah, you're done. But again, train keeps moving. So my thought process was like, hey, I, I don't have I don't have a job here. Yeah. Um, my family's only here because we're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. I just left a community, a career, and a life that I you know excelled to to try and live. I gotta get the fuck out. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm gonna do but I got to get the fuck out of here. It was just a feeling. Like, I didn't... A lot of the stuff wasn't... I didn't have very concrete, like, bullet points. It yeah. was just more like, I need to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to be around here anymore. I want to get the fuck out. So then what do you do? The first opportunity, the first thing that maybe dangles in front of your face, you fucking take it. And, like, literally, I, I got my DD-214 on April 1st, April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. Never forget that. Um, Seems fitting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely fitting. Um, I think I was still in when I flew out to California. I think so. I'm ninety percent sure. Can't remember, yeah. that. but I went out there and had to go run like a little selection, you know, for for this uh, protection company that I was going to start working for. So before I even left, you know, I got my paperwork from there, and then I remember, you know, they had called me, kind of went in an interview, and they're like, "Hey, you know." When can you work? When can you this? And I'm like, dude, here's the deal. I get my papers on this day. I can have a pod pack, this pack, this. I can, I it was down to the, I calculate if I drive at this miles an hour, I can make it across country at this amount of time and I can start the job at this time. I remember mm -hmm. the guy looking at me and he's like, are you fucking serious? I'm like, yeah, I got to keep moving. I, I, I need to do something. And I, I got the, I got the hell out of here. Like lost my ass on a house. You know I mean? Like I was like, oh, I'm done. So I, I short sell the house. Mm -hmm. Um, fuck, I lost my ass, man. And that thing is still sticking with me today. So if there's anybody out there that knows how to fix that, please let me know. Um, All right, and don't do that. And don't do it. Yeah, real estate is nice money. It, it fucked me over and our ability and my family's ability to be able to buy a house up until... Right now. Literally last year. Yeah. And that's still on my record when I was told otherwise. But anyways, like it, it, it's something that it was a rash decision Yeah. that I thought was correct. And I lost my ass, and it carried with me for for a long time. Um, and we got the fuck out. I think out, you're man. doing pretty good now with your your villa in Hawaii, in Kona. <laughs> yeah, but you've worked for it, that's for but sure. It, but it's yeah. it's taken a lot of time. Taking you know, a we, lot of time, man. I'm grateful for the opportunity we have right now, but we lost many of others, and then the heartache that it that it gave us be, yeah. because we lost those was tied to a decision that I had made under rash conditions. In a supposed thoughtful process. Yeah. That's what would always aggravate me, you know, is, is, is I had to own up to that. And yeah, and because of that, you like, 
that you know, I'm looking at, you know, now I'm trying to look back at it. Like you going out there, you guys having to go to Hawaii, what you had to do up in the North side. Like there was a lot of, uh, it was kind of a domino effect that was created because of, because of that. And it, and this is a story of transition, right? Yeah. Transitioning out of special operations or the military in general, especially in conjunction with a, a, a tragic incident. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that needs to be handled appropriately. Space and time. Space and time, yeah. And a thoughtful process in that space and time. Yeah. Right? It's hard to communicate to that someone when that somebody's in that mindset, though. I don't know if I've ever been able to do it. I've tried. I've tried, too. It's hard. But it takes the individual to go take a breath, pause, yeah. and go, okay, what's what's the really the best solution here? No, don't make rash decisions. Best way you can do that is if you know when you're getting out, right? Set yourself up financially yeah. if you can. So that way when you get out, because that's the biggest threat, or not threat, but that's the biggest uh, thought that most guys have. I, I know you had it. Yeah, same way. Rightfully so. Yeah. Right? I know I had it. How am I going to pay my um, bills? How am I going to pay provide for my family? Yeah. If I go two weeks without a paycheck, <laughs> I'm fucked. The fact that you, the, I mean, yeah, exactly. If you're living, if you're living in a situation that you're going, you know, you, you go without a paycheck for two weeks that you're fucked, that like that, that should be addressed right there. Like I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to feed my family, car yeah. payments, electric, all that kind of stuff. So if, and if, so if you want to take this break time, which I think everyone should do. Yeah. Like set yourself up financially to be able to cover until some other stuff takes and place. And here's the deal. You're going to take that break regardless. It's going to come at some point. At some point, you're going to have to take that break. You did. Yeah. And it was dark. It was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, cause you just, you were like running from it. Yeah. Up until you got to the fucking bungee cord snapped. <laughs> and then it all came flying at me and hit me and knocked me, you know, the fuck out. And I broke, not broke, but you know, like it's, it was a hard time. You kind of start to begin to process everything. Yeah. It hits you. What were you doing? You were, I'll never forget. I was like, what is Josh doing? He's an orange farmer now. <laughs> I know. Everyone be like, fucking you a pineapple rancher? Yeah. <laughs> he went from Marine Raider to EP to now you're a, you're a, a, a fruit farmer. <laughs> Why? <Hawaii? laughs> California was short lived. I just knew that it wasn't, for me, for what I was doing at the time. Yeah. You know, for where you were at in your life. But yeah. I was making good money financially. Yeah. Like we were stable. We were this. We were that. But Money's not everything if you're not healthy. Uh, there was something in me that just, I, I knew, maybe I knew internally that I needed a break because yeah. I didn't take it. Yeah. And that job at that current time was just as fast paced. Yeah. How many hours a day? Maybe not just fast paced. It was 12 hours was my shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me and another guy, we were like shift lead. So it was either an hour for sure, you know, on the front side or back side. So that's a 14 hour day. I just left 14 hour days. You know, I just left deployments. I, I'm, I thought I was done leaving on a voluntary ba- basis, my family. Nope. No. And then I'm like, dude, I'm not it, doing it. it. We all do that. We all throw ourselves. I mean, I did. I threw myself right into essentially the military. I was contracting. Yeah. It's the same shit. You're just not wearing a uniform. What, you're making more money? You're, you're making gone. more money, but you're still fucking gone. Gone. Yeah. To me, that was the biggest thing that I think clicked in my head, um, that I was gone. And I didn't like that about me. As, yeah. as much as I loved wearing the military, like like yeah. what it was and what we were doing. Yeah, of course. Me, as a, as a, as a man, as an individual, I fucking love and respect my family. Yeah. And 
I came to this, started coming to this realization that like, we're like glorified deadbeat dads. Yeah. Like we're justifiable because we're, we're doing, doing this thing. We're doing, yeah, we're doing this thing. But you voluntarily are leaving your yeah. family and your children nine, ten months out of the year for a deployment in another country. And, and then, then the time you're back, you're gone three weeks out of the month, but you're this like warrior patriot family man. Like, sure. Dude, not a fucking chance, man. No. Don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Try. Do your best. But that was, that was at least my perspective. My and then he, and then here come, we're doing it again out after the service. Yeah. Yeah. We're still doing it. And, and I made this choice. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, like I, I wouldn't change those choices. These are all looking back on it, you know. Yeah. And I think something in me was trying to give me some warning signs, like like the check engine lights were going on, uh-huh. but the car was still running. You're like, ah, oh, it's okay. And I, I just had this feeling. I was like, I got to get out. Yeah. Again, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I gotta get out. And it was like I got this. I think my wife got this random phone call, and I had expressed interest, you know, at one point, you know, like living in Hawaii and working on this farm, and that went away because the option never happened. I didn't push it. I never asked mm. for it. And then I remember the call kind of came out of nowhere of like, hey, if you guys are thinking about you know wanting to be in your family, and you know you you want to be home but you don't know what to do. And to be quite honest, you really don't have a fucking skill set that transfers over, directly transfers <laughs> yeah. over. Like, not yeah. legal. Um, I have this option for you. And this is what it entails, and this is what it does. And I was, you know, getting trained and spun up to be, you know, a, a manager on, um, it was a, a, a nursery, a citrus orchard, citrus farm, largest producing in the state for the past 35 years. So it's not like it was like a, a backyard show. Yeah, like, yeah. These people know what they're doing. Um, and I was like, I don't know how to do it, but I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds fun, something different. And so that's what I went and did. I, I literally left California after like five months. I left Hannah and the girls there and I pushed forward. I did my PDSS. I went, I I went to Hawaii and like set up shop and got our place ready and scrubbed the walls of bleach. You know, I, I prepped the, I prepped the space, started working the job and I was ready, you know, to bring them into the fold whenever it was time. Wild, but that's when you kind of like you started to slow down, and that's when everything kind of hit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was good that I slowed down, like because you had because you had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. I think because all I would have been doing was kicking the can further down the road. Yeah. If I didn't slow down then, and if I didn't have some sort of human realization in me that I should or need to slow down, guess what? I would have just kept pushing. Yeah. And then it might have been another year down the road, yeah. another two years down the road. At some point, it was going to happen. And then probably the the more time you put it off, the worse it's going to be. For sure. Because yeah. you have that many more years to unpack. Yeah. That much more shit builds up. Yeah. So. Oh, man, what a wild ride. Yeah, man. So I worked on an orchard for a year. Many of them. Like, total of probably like 300 acres or something like that. And tell it quickly, quickly tell the story about... Uh, <laughs> Which one? I don't even know where you're going. The poacher or whatever he is. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is this even, I don't know if it's legal. <laughs> I mean, you had friends, but. Uh, it's, it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically there's somebody stealing. You yeah. lived on the property. You and your family lived on the property, right? You had a house. We lived on one property. And okay. then there were multiple other properties. The, the main nursery property was just, just down the road. Yeah. Um, and this would have been almost two months after I was there. So I'm, I'm fresh out the door of leaving 
the special middle. operations. Like yeah. Leaving EP. EP and getting into this new place. And like, you're like, this is this I this is why I'm here. This is my calling in life. <laughs> so tell come, them what happened. Come to find out, man, like there's you know, there's rippers and stealers anywhere. No matter. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You're ripping fucking stealing from me. I didn't own the place, but like you're fucking stealing from me. Yeah. And I respected the people that were there. And yeah. then I found out how much they were ripping. How like, much was it? It, all in all, like, so, I mean, he couldn't run exact numbers because you don't always get caught. Yeah. This man knew his fruit trees. He knew what yields he had and ran numbers for, for years. And he was guesstimating between all the properties, mainly this one and this other one. You know, he was losing at that time somewhere between like forty and 50000 a year. Well, forty and $50,000 a year, you know, to, to him personally as a business, he's making a lot of money. That, I don't care who you are. That's a lot of money. That's somebody's salary. But in the essence, yeah. that's what it was. That's what got me. That is a worker's salary or it's a portion of all these other workers. And that's why they're making so much less because the business is yielding less. And, and that's why I was like, fuck no, dude. No, 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 this ain't happening. Yeah. And I sat down with him and I'm like, give me the details. Where are they coming in? Let's walk the perimeter. You know, what time of night I, 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 I was, I, I got real deep into it. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> dude, it was actually Halloween night. It was a full moon. On Halloween, like somehow that that happened, we go trick or treating with the kids, and in my mind the whole time we we're trick or treating. After we got done trick or treating, I'm planning this op, and I'm like, I'm gonna fucking get them, and I'm gonna do it. Like I'm gonna fucking get them. So we get done trick or treating, we head home, put the kids to bed, uh, and I looked. At, I looked at my wife. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Um, this is how we're gonna do it. I loaded up. I took. I put my stuff on. Dude, I put. Full on fucking cry, literally like I was going on like a like an op. Yeah. I mean, like I took all, all my cry. I had a buckle on. I had fucking mechanics gloves on, right? Flashlight. Uh, some other things. Some other things. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, had a Leatherman. Um, those really nice like uh, like flexi cuffs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and a poncho liner because it was raining, and I hid under a fucking tree. So basically the way it was, and prior to doing that, there was a fence line, like an L-shaped fence line, and there was an old shitty road that backed up to that fence line. Yeah. And the fruit trees that were in high production just so happened to be right at that fence line. And probably two weeks maybe prior to this, uh, me and the guy who owned the place, um, it was kind of pretty smart of him actually, is we rigged up car batteries with car horns. So we went down to the uh, like O'Reilly's or something, you know, and we bought fucking car horns. And we took car batteries and we would charge them up during the day. And then at night, we, you know, they'd be had a full charge on the battery and we set up fishing line as fucking trip wires. So if they trip wired, it would pull the plug in the, on the car alarm. And then that would give me basically an early warning sign of detection. It would do one thing. It would run them off. Yeah. Or it would give me a warning that like someone's in the property and they're going to keep coming. Yeah. So I had light with me. You know, I had, I had night light with me because it was full moon. And uh, this car creeps up. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, this is this is game on, dude. Like this is this is it. And you're alone. This is just you. Yeah, yeah. I'm alone. I'm like game on. Like, <laughs> like this. I don't know how many guys are there. I don't know what's going on. But you got to remember, man. It's, it, it's rippers, right? Obviously, you're not in the right set of mind at like you know one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're ripping fruit off a tree. You're probably high up on drugs and meth or something else, or you're just a fucking crackhead. Yeah. So that was in my mind a little bit, and the car door, you know, kind of slowly closes. And I was like, oh shit. Now he's trying to be tricky. And I actually like bedded down the fence a little bit, you know, to give him a little bit of an easy passage before I hit up under the under the tree and I had myself positioned. I watched the two guys come in and 
the deal is, is you have to you have to rip fruit in order to get. Like, you can't just catch him, you know, breaking a fence line. Yeah. Like, I haven't really caught him in the act yet. So I got to almost let him kind of do the act if they're really going to do it. Yeah, because Hawaii's got some weird rules, right? I knew the law at that time, and we actually were, were in um, some sort of a danger zone or something because the lava was going, and we were within the radius. So all of, all of the arrests and everything went to, like, upgraded to the next oh, level. Oh, nice. And I knew the poundage. But, I mean, of- as far as, like, the property in Hawaii, like, trespassing rules... Yes, you gotta have signs out. Like it was, yeah. it was. I mean, I had like talked to the police station about yeah. what kind of stuff legally we, do we need to have. Like, yeah, they're gonna break it anyway. It's not gonna be shit about a sign, but we had to have it posted. You know, it had yeah. to be a certain amount of they feet. They had to see it on yeah. the fence line, and then the fruit too also had to be a certain amount of weight. I have no way of knowing that, but I'm watching these guys pick the fruit off the trees. You know, and I'm like, oh god, here we go, man. Like, and I, I, I jump out. Had a flashlight. Um, I had a loud mechanism that created noise. And uh, I set that off and kind of fucking got those guys running. And the one dude ran completely like the opposite fucking direction. <laughs> I can't chase two people at once. I don't care who you are. I can't, can't do it. And the one guy, like, I, I just, I, for some reason, I had my fucking sights set on him. I was like, oh, this one's mine. <laughs> this one's fucking mine. And he starts running. I fucking ran after him. I tackled him. Dude, I straight up just, it was muddy and wet. And I just threw his face in the fucking mud. I threw the flexi cuffs on the back, on the back, you know, so I had them all, all cuffed up. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's not enough. That's, that's definitely not enough. And I took my fucking belt off, and I, like, hogtied his feet. And I'm like, that's not enough. So I hogtied his feet to his hands, <laughs> like, rolled them over in the mud. <laughs> so then I got to make the phone call to the owner of the property. So I call him, and then he calls the cops, and then the cops come. And, but I'm hiding in the bushes because I'm waiting for... I'm waiting for friends because the one guy got away. I'm like, yeah. well, if he comes back for his car, I'll gra- I'll grab him I, too. This guy's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I know that for sure. Yeah. Like he ain't going nowhere. So if I sit next to the car while I wait for the cops, dude, if this guy comes back, I can get a two for one. <laughs> you know, that never happened. <laughs> but this fucking thing I was scared of was like I was bedded down, and then all of a sudden the cops started coming up the side road, you know, and they got all their lights on, and I'm in. Full dress, buckle on, yeah. and I'm hiding in the bushes. I'm like, yeah. oh boy, this is not going to look good, you know? So I, 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 a couple of them passed by, and I was able to hop the fence to get in the property before, you know, they got onto the property and they come on, and you know, we're talking, you know, whatever. And the guy looks and he's like, who the fuck are you? He's like, who, who are you? I'm like, oh, I, I work here. You know, I'm just a, just a helping hand. <laughs> and cry, Cammies. <laughs> I mean, I took the gloves off, took the block off. Yeah, off. Like, yeah. I tried to make myself look a little bit normal as I could, but that, there was no way of that. No. Definitely stood out. And then I untied the belt, you know, and then the one cop, he's like a junior guy, I could tell. He's like looking at the at the plastic flexi cuffs on the back, and he's like, oh, didn't know how to get them off. So I had a, I had a leather man. So I'm like, all right, here, take, you know, like, like I'm going to transfer you. I was trying to do the old transfer, you know, of like prisoner type thing, and he just wasn't getting it. No. No. So I, I'm like, okay, well, this is, like, you cut that. You're the cop. Like you got the you're the guy with the badge. Like you, you, you put this cop. Is, he's yeah. yours now. Like I just gave you him. Like, you know, do what you need to do. So the kid looks, man, he's like young kid, takes the fucking leatherman, looks at the cuffs, takes the leatherman, and he starts cutting towards the guy's wrist. Holy shit. Um, I grab the cop's arm, like, hey dude, uh not trying to touch you. Know, I I was like, not trying to touch you, not trying to tell you what to do, but I would be advised to not cut towards his wrist. He's like, Oh, yeah, good thought, good thought. I'm like, dude. Finally, I was just like, hey, man, 
are we good here? Like, I don't want nothing more to do with the situation. Like, yeah. Are we good here? And then the one cop talked to me and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll find you later. I'm like, okay, well, I'll be here. I work here. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what happened to those guys? Do you even know? Probably nothing, went probably. into the system and, you know, they, they charged them or whatever. And who knows, man. Yeah, so, I let them go. But it was an interesting story, you know, like two months into, you know, working this job. And I remember calling you when that happened. You're like, you're never going to play for <laughs> What I just did. <laughs> I went all John Rambo, these these fruit these fruit stealers. It's <laughs> like, what is Josh doing now? Going fucking rogue, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so okay. So anyways. So you you abandon that side, you end up, you know, there well, a lot of stuff happens, but um what are you doing now? I mean working with you, Gogi. Yeah. Changing men's lives, Changing right? people's lives. Changing people's lives. Creating a pathway. That's right? true. And assisting people to see maybe a better vision and a version of themselves that they can be. Yeah. And they'd be a providing mechanism of the groundwork. From yeah. there, they got to walk it. But if I can teach them maybe how to walk it as well by just not giving it to them, teach them how to walk it. Yeah. And we we come from, we're, we're, we all bring it all from experience, our personal experience. Yeah. You know, of us, you know, getting out of shape and not living right and, not being focused on certain areas and man, once you do, it changes everything, changes everything. So on that note, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Somebody's depressed. What do you tell them? Think cap your thoughts. Um, well, I mean, if, if someone's going to tell me this, then I'm, I'm going to assume is someone tell me this or is this just a, yeah, man, I'm depressed. Okay. What do I, what do I Josh, right. what do I do? You got a client that says I'm depressed. What do you do? Like, okay, in my, in my mind, like, so an internal dialogue is kind of happening. I'm like, okay, there's a trust mechanism here. Like, I'm not going to fucking tell someone I'm depressed if I don't really want them to maybe ask yeah. or if I don't trust them enough to tell them that they give, give me something. Yeah. So to me, instantly right there, I'm, I'm at like a handshake of, of trust. Like, yeah. that's the way I, I take it. So I don't take it lightly. I'm not just yeah. like, yeah, cool. You're, you know, like the road's going to be happy. I'm like, fuck, man, this guy's in, like, he's entrusted in me to yeah. tell me this. So I got to try and figure out like what's going on. Like what, what are you depressed about? You know, like, like, is it something? Is it many things? Do you not know what it is? Like, and then if I could find the, like the why or the mechanism that, that they're, thing that they're depressed about and, or are they doing anything negative? Like, so you are depressed. That's a, that's a feeling. That's a thought that's normal. But like, now what are you doing about it? Nothing. Like, like nothing. But what does that nothing look like? Cause that nothing is something sitting on the couch. Okay, so so it's all something. Okay, sitting on the couch. What are you doing sitting on the couch? Watching TV? Playing on my phone. How many hours a day are you doing it? Don't know. All the time. Like, like, or, or like how are you eating? Shit. You ordering food? Yeah. All right. Every meal or like just one meal? Or? Pretty much. All right. Drinking? Oh, yeah. All right. So then all these alert mechanisms were going in my head. I'm like, fuck, what? you're literally not doing nothing, but you're doing something. Yeah. So then you got to figure out how to chip away at in my perspective is you got to assess the person right some people can drop all those habits because they can find a thing and they can just charge forward yeah but other people it might be a bigger thing you know on them so you gotta just gotta start chipping away so any anything else negative okay other than sitting on the couch and eating like shit and fucking drinking you know is there anything else negative those are physical things that you're either doing or not doing is there anything else negative like what's the internal dialogue what are we thinking about yeah Try to figure out those mechanisms. So now you have a mental mechanism that you're thinking about, and then you have the physical mechanism that you're thinking about. 
And although they overlap, they're also individual at the same time. So it's, it's, it's data points. It's a, it's a lot of, lot of data collection. And as someone begins to tell you something, in my perspective, you kind of got to keep asking them. Because the first thing you're going to say is, it's like, one of those things when we go to the, you know, you go to the doctor and like, oh, do you drink at all? Yes. How much do you drink? Uh, one drink, you know, on, on Friday. Maybe two. Yeah, that's it. Like, you're fucking, Okay. Let alone the guys at home, you know, every night, you know, drinking like eight drinks yeah. or a 12-pack or something like that. Like, yeah. So he's got a little bit of truth in there, but it might not be the full truth. All right, so you have to, in my in my mind, I got to figure out, like, how much is this guy really telling me? It's not, I don't want to call him out as a liar so, because he's giving me trust that he's telling me something. Yeah, so once you once you get unpacked that, what are you telling him? Do you like where you're at? Do, do you enjoy oh, what you're not. doing? Yeah, of okay. course not. Yeah. Like, let, let's start listing all these things out of, of what, what you're doing and the fact that you don't enjoy it. So we need to, we need to get, get that observation mechanism on hold, that what you're currently doing is not yielding what you want. Right. And you understand that. So then we can start building a groundwork of a schedule and a pathway to get you out of that hole. Like, yeah. do you want to come out of that hole? That's a great question, right? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like, just because I tell you I'm sitting on the couch and I'm depressed, it's pretty, some people might think it's kind of easy or natural. I'm just gonna be here. Do you really? This is where I live now. Like, yeah. do you want? Do you want to change? Yeah, because you have to want to. What does that change look like? Yeah, effort. What do you want to change? Yeah. Like, what vision do you see yourself? You know, in in a perfect world. Yeah. Right. Like this is all behind you and done. Whether it's a year, six months, or whether it's ten years from now, whatever that is. Like, what is your vision of like a perfect world? It doesn't mean you really have it or it's clear, but I want to start getting that person to think in a state to where things can be better, they will be better and they can be beautiful. And then you just start chipping away at that. Like, okay. So you deal with the same thing with anxiety. Somebody's some you, some of my clients like, man, I just feel a lot of anxiety. Anxiety is a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I know that yeah. I mean, I've had it. And so the, the unfortunate, but beauty of it is like, I've, I've had aspects of a lot of this stuff. So at least I have a piece of it that I can reflect. Upon, yeah. Or at least draw some sort of assimilation, you know, to someone. Anxiety is just fear of the unknown that hasn't even happened yet. Nailed it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, and again, I'm not, I'm not a perfect human. Right? Like yeah. Everyone gets anxious about something from time to time, but that's what I try and tell myself and remind myself. I'm like, okay, dude, why are you anxious? And then I come, immediately, I got a justifiable reason. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. I'm anxious about this. And then I'm like, well, yes, I should be anxious. No, 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 stop. <laughs> like, 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 hit the pause button. I may be thinking about something. I don't need to be anxious, you know, about something that is in the future or is now that hasn't even happened or I don't even know to be true. Yeah. So unless I know that it's 100% true, then it's not anxiety. It's it's a whole other sort of line of questioning. Right. But if I don't even know what's really going on or it hasn't even happened yet, <laughs> right? holy shit, I'm getting worked up over nothing. Yeah. Like, I think it's the education point of understanding that, right? Like the fear, fear of the unknown. I like, I like how Tony Blower breaks it down. You know, fear is false expectations appearing real. I mean, yeah, that's like essentially, that. it's anxiety. Yeah, It's like you're just, you're having, you're being anxious over something that hasn't happened yet. And you're going to start creating problems that don't really exist. Right. Like, in your mind, you're going to convince yourself yeah. of all these other things that aren't even true that you definitely don't know. And then you're going to start creating problems. And then you're going to have real fucking problems that you're going to have to face. <laughs> right. Because you created them because you you're created, being anxious. Yeah. It's like... But at, at the end of the day, uh, action alleviates all of that. Action alleviates that. Action alleviates depression, change, 
you know, forcing, even if you have to force it, get your ass up, go outside, peel back, build a plan. Yeah. If you don't know how to build one, find someone who can do it for you or ask someone, ask yeah. someone for help. Like, ask reach us. out, ask a friend. Talk to me. I need help. Yeah. Like, uh, here's another thing that, that, that you know, really grinds my gears, Josh. <laughs> um, everybody thinks that, you know, getting help, getting a coach, asking a friend, whatever is sign of weakness. I knew you were going to say that. Like, well, I don't want to be a paired weak. What, what's the stronger thing to do? What's the more courage thing to do? Ask for help. That takes balls. Guidance. Yeah. That takes balls. It's vulnerable. Yeah. Being vulnerable. Yeah. And a lot of guys don't want to be vulnerable, but the reality is, I've said this, I've said, I've said this once, I've said it a million times. So, I think I've only known one that I know of one billionaire and you know lots of very wealthy people but one true billionaire and when I look at successful people they have these three traits and we know we talk about it extremely thankful for what they have great I mean they're grateful for the people that they have in their life their family their friends their opportunities they're just grateful across the board they're super thankful second thing is very giving they're giving their time, energy, and resources to others. And the third thing is they're extremely vulnerable for where they're at, where they've been, what they're dealing with. They're just open books. And this is all irregardless of how much money you have. Yeah. And all of those attributes are free. Yeah. You can, you can perform those actions. At any level. At any time, at any level. But I think that by, achieve, by performing those attributes, it levels up over a period of time. It does. It changes your it cha it changes your trajectory because it changes your perception. And there's something I always talk about. I I, I try to be real and open and honest about uh, yeah. on this. And it made me think about back to when you're talking about like you know training and persevering and all this kind of stuff and yeah. the feats that you know I'm you're able to do and other people. Just because I talk like this. Just because I do have this thought process, this theory, this this thing that I own and I really work hard at, yeah, doesn't mean I'm doing it perfect. No, it's a practice. But, but it's it's a perspective of some other people that, like, everything is is just hunky dory, like imperfect. And, in my, and I always tell everyone, like, listen, I am human, just like everyone else. But if I have this thought process, and if this is what I'm telling my subconscious to do to think about and how I should act in the conscious realm, then I'm always working on it myself. I'm not yeah. just, you know, demanding or telling this of someone and not doing the work myself because mine's like perfect. No, no, no. My, everyone has work to do. Everyone has it to do. Yeah. You're never going to be a 10, the 10, the level 10 guy yeah. is that's a, that's a, uh, a fabricated thing because there's no point of arrival. There's no finish line. I understand maybe the concepts and the way to do it maybe better than some people. Plenty of people that know how to do it better than me, but like yeah. I'm going to keep putting forth that effort, and I'm going to keep trying, and, yeah. and I'm not, not going to fucking stop. And right, so that's a choice you made. You made. You're making a choice. Yeah. You're making a choice to to continue to grow, regardless of whatever that's going on. And as many times as I talk to someone and tell them these things, I'm telling myself. Yeah, of course. At the same time, it's yeah. a reminder verbally that if I'm going to tell someone this. If someone's asking me something, I better keep myself in check and keep striving for that same stuff. Yeah. And if you're stuck, I'm going to go and plug us right now. Get with the Agogi. DM me, message me, comment, click the link below, whatever it is. 
get a hold of us. Where you've got, man, dude, like I said before, watching these guys like take ownership of their life and change their life, basically by the groundwork that we lay is freaking amazing. Dude, you know, it's remarkable. Man. Yeah, man. That's, that's, there's nothing, nothing that brings me more like some of the highest joys watching people take ownership of their life and then literally change the fabric of their family. The, it's, it's funny because everyone is like, well, it's just fitness. It's just nutrition. <laughs> it's a, no, 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 man. No, it's a mindset. Um, it's, it's, it's not just that. No. Or, nor is it really that. I don't want to say it all. It's, it's, some of it's a byproduct. Like, yeah. It's, it's way more than that. Like, yeah. It's, it's a portion. It's a portion of it, but it's not just that. Yeah. A lot more to it. I mean, we're just making dudes fucking dudes again. Being a better human. Right? Yeah. Like, it, it's going to affect all aspects of your life. It's got to start in a couple areas. The best one is like Jerry's. If you haven't listened to Jerry's story, I don't remember what number it is. I think Mark said it was 30 or 29 or something like that. Killing the 300-pound man. Yeah. Like, the dude would have been dead if he didn't. He didn't join with us. And now, Almost for certain. Yeah. And because uh, his dad did. Yep. And, uh, you know, we were talking about somebody's like got type 2 diabetes. And we're like, I don't even know. We got to figure out that, figure that out. We, how people? many, how many people that we've got off diabetic medication that are no longer type 2 diabetic? Plenty. Plenty. That's crazy, dude. That's amazing. You know, so if you're one of those guys, you're being selfish. And, and, and it comes down to this. If you're the, if you're, uh, you know, a member in your family, your family wants you around. And if you're living in a place where you're like a hundred pounds overweight or even not even that, it doesn't take that much. I mean, hell you can be 30 pounds overweight and die of a stroke, but you're, you know, type two diabetes, your triglycerides are through the roof. You're taking blood pressure medication. Fucking get off that shit, man. Get with us. Let's get, let's get your life. Let's get your life in order. Stop fucking around because your kids want to be there. You want to be able to walk your daughter down the aisle. Your wife wants to be there. Dude, did I send you that comment? So I made that video talking about that. Yeah. And there was a there was a wife who has a bunch of kids and her husband's gone. Died of a stroke. And it's like he's and they're, and they're like, they're not, you know, mad at him, I guess. But it's they're sad because it's like all these now they have grandkids. And I think he would have been like in his fifties or something, yeah. you know, and he would have been part able to partake in all that. I'm like fuck, missing any of that shit. I'm not missing any of that. It doesn't always guarantee that no. he's going to be here. But I tell you what, it increases your odds. Yeah, man, I'm going to do I everything. Mean, I'm going to do everything I can to be around for that. I want to be available. I want to be yeah. able to say yes. Right? We talked about this how many times? Yeah. Like, especially with kids. I mean, you know very well now. I mean, you've had two, you know, older older, older ones. ones at this yeah. point, right? And then you got. You know, Dimitri's sitting there now. And we've got and we've got uh we got a universal soldier in the fridge for next year. <laughs> He's in cryo. <laughs> and it was, you know, same with me. I got two not as old as yours, but you yeah. know, I mean older. Older. Right. Yeah. And there's a decent spread between them. And a, and a third one, you know, who's younger. And it wasn't I didn't wait until the you know, our, our third one came along. I had this perspective when it was the two. And I was like, fuck, I'm not in control of what a kid wants to do. Most kids want to go run, play, hike, just, you know, they want you on the ground with them, playing with their toys at certain stages, and then they get into, like, sports, and I want to be able to practice with them, even if it's not my sport. Like, I want to be able to do You don't want things. to be the fat dad on the sideline yelling your yelling at your kid to do something that you can't even do? Fuck no. 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 
Ain't happening, bro. No, I don't want to be the family. We're like, we just don't do anything ever because we're just large no, and we're I, just we're un we're uncapable. Like, I want them to do something and me be damn near a subject matter expert so that I can help them. Yeah, that's it. I want to be able, yeah, to do it. Like I want to be able to. I mean, like I live in Hawaii, man. Right? So like I, I, I mean, you know, it is like I see mountains and I see things, and I'm like, I I want to go take a look and see what's up there. If I was fucking 350 pounds. I could see that in, and be like, that's where like, I die. Oh, that's a really big mountain. I would never fucking go up there or, you know what right. I mean? Like I would see people doing, you know, athletic events or shit, even just, you know, having a long walk along the beach or yep. whatever. And I'd just be sitting there in a chair, probably looking like, look at that really fit person. Like, no, it's just because I can't fucking do it. Yeah. Like how fun would it be if you could be immersed in life? You know, you don't have to be a triathlete. It reminds me of, uh, Oh, uh, how you say his last name? Aberson? Yeah. Eric. Eric. Eric Aberson. Yeah. Like that dude. Uh huh. From a from he's one of our clients. Damn near death. Damn on the de on literally on the freaking hospital bed. I'm sorry, buddy, but I don't remember. I know he's had a lot of surgeries. Yeah. I don't even know if he's able to quantify all of them. A lot of them. A lot. And now he's he's actually in your hometown. He's actually, yeah. While you're he's here. He's in my hometown right now. We're supposed to, you know, we were gonna get together, but he I mean he... I don't want to say he does everything, but he's he's over fifty. He's freaking jacked abs. Ridiculous. Dude, like living freaking life all of a sudden. And let me tell you, his diet yeah. is extremely restrictive. Yeah. So he, you know, he can't eat the things that you know we would give most clients. It, it just for his things he has going on. Again, not an excuse. So he and I've told him this. Say, yeah. hey man, you had every excuse in the book. You know, especially at least on the eating platform to just give in. Then on the physical platform, you could have had an excuse there, right? So he just went out to Hawaii in one, another island. Um, he was getting married. And before he went out there, he's asking me, he's like, oh, you know, I don't know. You know, like, he knows what to do. He do paddle boards, he trains, he runs, yeah. like, he does everything. But he was looking for something different. He found on his own, there was like, um, kind of like a Spartan race, like a trail run, like a great Hawaii trail run or something that was going on during, like, days before his wedding. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm like, awesome. Like, What island? Kauai. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So this is days before, you know, he's getting married, and he's seeking out shit that he can Challenges. do to fucking yeah. challenge himself. Yeah. Right? He starts, I don't know the exact stats, but let's just say this. He's a couple hundred people back from the starting line. That's okay. how they do it, right? Yeah, because so you're new. He goes. Yeah. He gets first in the 50 and above. Shut up. Yes. And like. Fiftieth uh, or twelfth, sorry man, I don't remember, but like extremely high up in the overall ranking. Like this dude crushes. He sends sends me a video looking at it. You know, I'm like, wow, man. Like days before his wedding. I mean, he's I I'll, when I see him, I the the main picture, his before picture. One of the main pictures is that picture of him with a bald head, like fresh out of the hospital, yeah. like completely skinny. Yep. Like look like he's dying. Body count was gone. Like he just looked like a like a skin, a skin sack, yeah. and then now I just and then the post the photos he just posted in in Kona, I'm like, what the fuck? You perceivably from the outside, you would never know. No, hundred percent. You'd be like, well, he's probably been like that his whole life. No, <laughs> nope. The fuckers worked for it, and that's how, been a how short long amount of been, time. How long has he been with us? Man, you're asking me all these questions. I should have answers to. I don't know. That's been five, almost, five months, six months. No, it's been longer than that. Had to have been. Feels like he's been longer, but maybe it's not. Maybe he has eight months. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but you would never know. No. 
So never know. from the outside perspective, you would just think he has a great. He's just one of those guys who's gifted with, you know, a great body. And he's able to just do stuff because he's, you know, right. he's gifted. Right. No, no, there's a backstory. Yeah. Like he is put in the work. And that's, that's what makes it all so much sweeter. Yeah. Sacrifice and restriction and challenges, doing hard things so that you can live a better life. Well, dude, I think that's that's all we have time for. Where can people find you? Don't come to my house. It's <laughs> a good way to get no. fired up. Pretty much just hang out on Instagram. Yeah. Troll there. My name, Josh Hansberger. Josh Hansberger. If you want Josh to be your coach, hit him up. Yep. Diagogi.com. Yep. yep. What's um, up there? Or just message me. We'll get you onboarded. Change your life, man. That's what we do. If you're willing to, if you're, if you want it, if you want it. Um, well, thanks, man. Thanks for hanging out. Hey guys. Um, if you, this has been beneficial with you, I know it has screenshot this tag, Josh tag me tag the always forward podcast, leave us a review and go out there and fucking do hard things, man. Go out there and make, go live life, challenge yourself, live a rad life, live a rad life, man. And, uh, that's it. All right, guys, you guys know the deal. Never quit. Never surrender. Always forward. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Oh,